Welcome back to Cast Me to Hell with me, Seb. And with me, Robbie. And when there's no room left in hell, the dead will walk the earth. And for today, for our 100th episode, me and Bobby will return from our deepest, darkest hell (laughs) to come back on earth to celebrate with you minions. (laughs) minions. Two foul creatures coming back (laughs) to, to spread... Hate. <laughs> yeah, we've come hate. straight on in with offending you, our viewers. Yeah. So, you know, if you all leave right now, that's fine. This is the episode when we're just going to get cancelled completely. Yeah, this is it. The next 100 episodes, we're just going to be horrible to everybody yeah. who listens to us. We're literally going to see our viewers just disappear one by one yeah. until we get rid of you all. That's the ultimate goal of the podcast, isn't it? That's why we started a podcast yeah. to mercilessly beat down our audience yeah. until they give in. But we've realised over a hundred episodes that actually you, you want the beating. You want the beating, yeah. You've got that kink. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and we're already straight in. We're straight uh, in. So, uh, Bobby, well, 100 episodes Yeah, <laughs> it's the uh, it's the big 100. Uh, you know, we've been... I, d- I don't know how long exactly we've been doing the podcast for, but we've, you know, we've had a couple of breaks here and there. And we are firing back with... Uh, uh, the absolute fucking classic that is Dawn of the Dead yeah. from uh, George A. Romero, 1978. We were trying to think of like uh, a film that suits, that has the gravitas for a 100th episode. We absolutely, we, we, we discussed many different films, many different ways to approach. We said we wanted to do something big for our hundredth, and uh, you might, uh, if you're underwhelmed, well, yeah, we are men talk about a film. That's kind of the main point of our podcast. Yeah. So, uh, Dawn of the Dead seemed like the peak of what we could talk about, and the fact that we'd never got round to it seemed kind of mad. Yeah, surprising, isn't it? We've done literally, we've done all of the Zack Snyder of the Dead, yeah. <laughs> but we never got round to doing the OG. We haven't done any of Romero's. No. We've talked about them. Yeah, we, uh, we talked about them, and we talked about it in our first ever episode. I mentioned uh, one my probably favourite horror moment is, and one of the moments that made me love horror, was when I was watching WWF back then, 97, 98, maybe 99, and my brother's, whilst it was an advert break, switched to the classic movies, Night of the Living Dead was on, yeah. and then they left the room. And I was, you know, seven or eight. And I watched it and I was absolutely terrified. Mm. Um, And we spoke about doing Night of the Living Dead and trying to do the three films. But we never actually got around to planning it. So we thought, for the big 100... We'll do it out of order. (laughs) Yeah, we'll do it out of order. And we'll start with the granddaddy. Because this is probably, of the films, this is probably the most acclaimed. And this is the one that people often put up at the top don't they yeah well this this is pretty much peak of this is pretty much the greatest do- uh, zombie film of all time according to most people and yeah. most people put this one as the greatest of the dawn of the dead of all of romero's yeah obviously sticking to the main original night dawn and day yeah the original are the main trilogy. ones that get that kind of acclaim the ones that have come after that from Romero, not so much. Yeah, uh, they're, they're they're of a mixed acquired taste. Some of them, some of oh, the yeah. you know, there's Land, there's Diary. Land was I remember Land is okay. Uh, yeah, I don't. I, I've I've only seen it once to be fair, and I think when I saw it, Land is weirdly enough the first one I think I ever oh, saw really? of any of them. So I don't know if I have a distaste for Land because when I watched it, 
this is when I was like a teenager or so, younger. Yeah. Um, literally probably when it came out, around 2005, I think it was. Something like that, like, yeah. Um, I remember not really liking it, but then again, that could be because I was expecting a different kind of zombie film, and I can't really remember as much social context in that one, though, as there is in the earlier stuff. There's some, um, yeah. but it's it's a bit more on the nose um, in terms of like kind of rich and poor divide, mega corporations, that sort mm. of stuff. I think the, the thing, the concern or one of the problems with land of the dead and zombie movies in the the post 28 days later uh landscape yeah is we go from shuffling slow zombies to fast moving runners and that kind of stuff so yeah i always felt land struggled with that because what the, the scariness of zombies had completely changed it also had the bad thing is it came out the year after the Dawn of the Dead remake, which yeah. was a big hit and, and was faster zombies. And a highly different film to yes. Land of the Dead. Yeah, so yeah, we were talking about this before that yes, we've done we have done the remake of Dawn of the Dead. We both really enjoy the remake yeah. of Dawn of the Dead. Um, and to be honest, it wasn't um, the first time I, I watched the original Dawn of the Dead. I remember thinking that it was different, and this time again watching it, and I've seen, as we've said, we've both seen like several different versions of this yeah. film that are out there. But the remake, I, it, I this time it really reflected in my brain just how insanely I think, like apart from basically the setting, I think majority of how this whole film plays out is a completely different story, a completely different. It goes in a completely different direction, apart from the fact that obviously the stuff about being in the mall and how they survive and live in the mall. Yeah, that's <laughs> that's quite pretty the... much it. Yeah, but it's the main. The way crux. that things happen, the way they get there, the main, the protagonist, all of those kind of main parts, the main like problems that appear and how they try to get away and things like that, all completely different. Yeah, I, I agree with you on that. And rewatching this, I I get this um, quite quite. I don't know if you've kind of noticed this, but. When you watch in films for enjoyment, you 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 view them differently when you watch them with kind of that analytical eye. Yeah. So I noticed that this time I picked up more stuff to do with the world building mm. and how it actually kind of relays into the trilogy of the yeah. dead. Um I mean, we'll we'll I'll, we'll get to that when we get to it. But <laughs> as always, uh, before we kind of start, I will do the classic plug. Um, thank you for you know tuning in, and we hope that you've enjoyed you know all of the episodes, and you're celebrating 100 episodes with us. Uh, as always, please remember to check that subscribe button. I've been harping on about it recently, uh, but we're nearly at 100 followers on Spotify and 50 on Apple Podcasts, which is pretty fucking class yeah. um so just remember to hit that subscribe button and leave us a review um so just before we kind of get into the film because you mentioned that there are several different cuts um yeah. so you have the theatrical cut you have the director's cut there's the argento cut and then i think there's one called the alternate cut which i heard about but for for context we're talking about the theatrical cut so yeah we're saying if this is kind of if you went to see it opening night in 1978 that's what we're talking this about this is the version, version you would have seen yeah whereas at several other places even when it was like first released they were still doing like alternative like I believe like when the first release of this film was at Cannes I believe Cannes yeah. Festival um, and that one was the director's cut was the actual okay. one because that one is the longer yeah. cut 
And then uh, the shortest of the cuts is the Argento cut. Is actually the shortest, where he's mm. cut out a few of the more humorous elements yeah. of the film. Um, and then the theatrical cut, which is the you know the middling one of the two. But um, I think, despite prior like belief and stuff like that, even though there is the director's cut, I believe Romero does believe the theatrical cut is the better cut. Maybe he it's, is the yeah. better of the ones or things like that. Whereas. Obviously, Argento, I'm sure, probably loves his cut. Probably, yeah. <laughs> film, you know, because uh, we like I, I talked about that before with you about the um, that we were reading about re- in our research of it. It said about how basically our Dario Argento, who we've done some recent stuff on, like Suspiria yeah. and stuff like that, and you've been on a proper kick of watching through. Yeah, films. I'm a big fan. Um, he he was a huge supporter of making this film, which. You'd think after Night of the Living Dead kind of reinvented, um, you know, the, like basically invented or reinvented yeah. how you looked at zombies or things like that, um, and was such seen as such a hit. Although obviously that was made in quite an independent way, and that's why to this day you can find Night of the Living Dead in like anyone can basically take copies because it's out of the public, it's in the public domain. Yeah. So anyone could basically make any. That's why there's a million Night of the Living Dead style film because that anyone can remake it. You can go and remake it right now if you want to. I wouldn't. <laughs> Maybe we should. it's been done to death. <laughs> Maybe we should do our own death. version. Yeah, be beaten to shit. Death. Maybe we should do our own version. You know, to celebrate. You need an angle. What is it? Cats of the Living Dead. Cats or? of the Living Dead. Dong of the Living Dead. Where everybody's just naked. Like the folk. Just hanging dong. Everyone's just hanging dong. Yeah. That, that, that could work. We'll, we'll talk. Yeah, we'll talk. We'll talk. <laughs> uh, but, um, yeah. So... You'd think it was that, but um, actually Romero actually had a hard time trying to make Dawn of to get Dawn of the Dead made kind of thing. He wasn't he had lots of supporters and stuff like that, but he didn't actually like the film itself didn't have fuck all budget. Yeah. <laughs> like um, and Dario Argento is part of the reason that it had some kind of a budget because he like he was a big like you need to do another one you need to make more of these where Romero was thinking about going in a different direction away yeah. from what he'd done leaving Night of the Living Dead as Night of the Living Dead kind of thing he, I don't think it was always inspired like it I, I think he had ideas in his head but he'd never thought to whether actually fully back yeah. to be his career because obviously this kind of became the defining part of Romero's life you really Pretty much, like yeah. you know the the zombie is kind of he is that master of this part of the genre yeah um but yeah so um argento kind of uh you know offered him someone to say in rome and was like help he it's even said that he maybe even helped with some of the writing and things like that it's kind of thrown yeah. out there um and on top of that he helped with getting like financiers and stuff like that and so that's why because it seems really weird you've got like romero this american filmmaker yeah and then argento who seems to have this odd kind of fascination and who who's done these cuts of like his cut of this film yeah um and it's because he helped to get there and all he asked for was the european rights to yeah. cut and edit it which is why we have the argento cut or also known as zombie yeah like but but they are uh, if you if you've looked at them and we will do i think at some point we'll probably do zombie or Dawn uh, yeah. of the dead alternative uh even though it's basically the same film there are a lot of darker differences because he preferred the darker tone which we were yeah we about, were because it's quite we were like you said about how argento has like eccentricities and his yeah are not you know they're not exactly like plain straightforward kind of no. darker purely darker film even though they have sometimes got like a darker like tone yeah they, they quite often have dark quite dark material and tone but just this this there's a unique strangeness 
about them and and the characters. Like I I recently watched Deep Red, which um, is a film he did before Suspiria, I think. Yeah. And yet again, it's a very weird and eccentric film. Like mm. there's all sorts of strange characters who kind of have that melodrama or slightly feel like they're they're not really grounded and, and very real but then they're not too over the top that it's kind of comedy. yeah it's that was strange. the thing we said like even like we've say like Suspiria and stuff like that there were eccentricities that were weird strange that made yeah. you kind of in this kind of like should I be laughing at this character I'm not sure if yeah. I should be but we did say like one thing is like this the fear at school Romero Dawn of the Dead has actually more humour when we yeah. rock, when we watched it you said this time you found it was more humour and I was just like yeah and to be fair I don't actually think Argento necessarily uses humour and that's kind of why they said that he maybe cut a lot of that out from yeah. his version and that's the main difference between his is that he kind of made it darker and he included more of the Goblin soundtrack yeah <laughs> which is strange because I didn't realise that Goblin did some of the soundtrack for this as well yeah which gives it it is a very like it's it's a lot more playful than I remember and when you compare it this is what I mean about comparing it and contrasting it to the rest of like the trilogy of the dead Night of the Living Dead is still uh, very it's quite straight laced I feel yeah this film has a bit more fun elements to it and a mm. bit more of these strange character human moments and then you get to Day of the Dead which is very nihilistic. Yeah. Well, I say yes. The big shocker of me is that I I've not watched Day of the Dead. I loved it. <laughs> I feel... I I know part I know parts and I yeah. think I basically know what happens in Day of the Dead. And I thought I it's another one that I've kind of tricked myself into watching. And then as I was like looking into this a little bit more, Dawn of the Dead, I was like looking into parts of it. I was like. I don't think I've ever actually watched it. I just know some of the key stuff that happens yeah. in the film. So I've kind of made myself believe. So it was like my brain is like, yeah, I, I know what happens I know what Dawn. Happens. I, know what <laughs> I know what George A. Romero is like. I can invent the film in my head. So in my head somewhere, there's a cut. There's my cut of Dawn of the Dead. There's your cut. cut. My the, cut of Day of the Dead. The Evo made, cut. Yeah, <laughs> where what... I've just made up the film myself. Yeah. It, it exists in my brain only. Yeah. No one else can see it. But yeah. Um, so the, there's the there's the shocker. I've, I think I've watched every of the dead film except except for day. day, which is some strange. people believe is the best as well. I kind <laughs> of I I think it is my favourite. I think um, I think Dawn is probably the best. I think Day is my favourite, and it, Day is very interesting in terms of the production. Um, I won't go into like massive detail. I'll do it when we cover it, but effectively. It was originally supposed to be like a 15, 20 million dollar budget or something like that, then got massively reduced. Mm. So he had to rewrite the whole thing, which is why it's set an, uh, in a bunker for large parts of it. Um, when originally, it was, like the story was a lot grander, it was set on this strange island. And everybody online is saying, well, they should have, you know, I wish we'd have seen the original cut and. Yeah. Romero said he wished he'd have made it and then I found the script or the breakdown of the script mm. and it sounded real shit <laughs> to be honest <laughs> so kind of, I think the nihilistic weird tone that we got yeah. is better um, but yeah kind of back to back to Dawn of the Dead back even, to the, Dawn of even the, the, the Dead, theatrical yes. cut is 
surprisingly long. It was two hours and seventeen minutes. Yeah, yeah. It which is, uh, always it... takes me off guard, you know. Yeah, it, it it is a long. You forget how much goes through in your head. You feel like you're like, well, how how far can you stretch out a film where basically a bunch of people go to a mall, yeah, live, and then it's all gonna go. You know, it's gonna go shit, shit, shit up. Shit, it's gonna go shit up. It's gonna go shit up. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's the same. Uh, yeah, <laughs> it's all gonna go wrong. So um, yeah, it is it is a, an odd one, but I I always forget how much actually happens before they even get to the mall. Yes. And I forget that. I always forget the TV studio same, opening. Same here. Every time I watch it, yeah, it's. I remember them all, and I do remember them traveling because I remember like a helicopter part. But yeah. I always forget that it starts off in a TV studio, um, and it, it the TV studio plays a large part. And I think what makes this such a, a superior than many others is the fact that there's a large part of this film that kind of proves this is this is definitely one of those just like Night of the Living Dead did that not only is it humans that are a major part of the problem why the decay is happening, but this TV studio where you've got these. Uh, you've got these presenters who are basically just it, it. People already know that something is going wrong across the yeah. country, and you've got these guys who are just diplomatically just kind of talking out the the theological and the representation and the political yeah. ways in which this is destroying the world, and you're kind of looking on at them with these two guys just going like. So it's the end of the world. People are literally going for that. People are trying to find their way out of this TV studio, and you guys yeah. are just sat here. Just still, just talking about the philosophy of everything, yeah. and it's like, it's like, it's it's both being like, you can see the point that he's trying to make it, and at the same time, you're you're also thinking to yourself like, you guys are part of the problem that you have to break the whole world down into this, like, yeah. and you think that this thinking in this kind of political philosophical philosophical way uh, is something that's going to actually help the world, where it's like at this point in time. You ain't doing shit. <laughs> yeah. You're you not ain't doing shit. shit. I didn't do shit. <laughs> and it's still, it's still relevant, to be honest, man. Yeah. Um, because, like, you could totally buy this happening today. If something like this kicked off, people would find a way of weaponizing it or reporting on it, trying to get something, oh, yeah. some content out of it, you know? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Buzzfeed or whatever, we'll have yeah. uh, we'll have TikToks going down the street of like, ah, oh, look, I found my first zombie. Yeah, like Pokemon Go for zombies. Like, find your first zombie, everyone. <laughs> yeah, and then somebody would be like, no, it's fake news. Like, these, yeah, yeah. these aren't real. Have oh, you yeah. seen it? Trump will be there. Trump, going, will, be Trump will be there with two machine guns in his hand, going, "This is fake news. There's no zombies," and he's just like blasting <laughs> his for a crowd down, of yeah. zombies, just like. <laughs> but one thing I do really like about the opening is it also it sets the it sets the rules straight off because they're yeah. basically with with night of the living dead which is very much this shit is just kicking off yeah. like it's <laughs> literally like minutes into it hours into it they have to learn the rules you know they have to find ways to kill them they have to they don't even know what what they are and then dawn of the dead is very much maybe like the first day two days where things are still functioning things are still frantic and we get the rules straight off like they're shoot in there the shoot them in the head yeah. that's the only way to destroy them so i think in terms of like setting the you know setting the tone and establishing you know the ground rules 
is it's right there in the first five ten minutes you know and then we get a couple more features of this tv which i think plays into it quite well because they're talking about like how then how they're not human anymore how some people are still like still clinging on hoping that they're going to be better some people are still you know uh thinking that they're humans and they need to respect them yeah it's really interesting yeah it's that and again i think it is that, and this is what makes Romero's uh, work so more interesting because it does have that kind of social kind of view of the world of like, how's it actually affecting them on a human level? Yeah. But also how's it affecting them on like a political or economic level? He's thinking of how the world would actually work in this. And I think he, it, it was, he was one of the first to think of it in that way instead of it just being a monster that's just chasing after someone. You know what I mean? Yeah. Or just, oh, this creature's coming after you kind of thing. He's really thinking about like okay so how would people be thinking there are going to be some people out there who are thinking oh well, but what if they're not changed or what if they're just trying to help us or what if yeah. they, what if they're, they're trying to make it seem in the kind way and then obviously you've got the like the religious context of like oh maybe this is a sign from above yeah. and, you know um and and you've got all these different levels of like people trying to talk out about it and then you've got the people in the kind of more of the protagonist to a more like okay no we just need to do something we just need to get out like everyone else is too busy talking or chatting about it or like oh trying to debate which is the best way and in the middle of that you've kind of got the protagonists the ones who you feel more likely have got some chance by going no we just need to find a way out we need to find a way out we need to get to helicopter we need to get a signal out there we need to tell people that they just need to fucking get out of the way yeah <laughs> get away from them because this is not going well um yeah so i do think that that's a really interesting part that he brings across the film and it, and it obviously it plays out throughout all of his trilogy of them but especially in this one i think i think this is why this one seems is there the higher up one because yeah. i think the, the the social commentary the you know the the, the consumerist kind of part and yeah. the way the world comes to an end and you know it's not you know it's not so much cho- chosen in this one uh, but it is a case of like at the end of the world you go to a mall <laughs> yeah <laughs> you, know I mean? you go to shopping <laughs> and then but it's, it's the fact that you've got that but also that people find a freedom and they actually find some oddly in this dark time they find happiness in yeah. that one place and it's like an escape well, they mentioned that they're like um, they're going on instinct and what they what they used to do, and then that is another theme that comes back in Land of the Dead. You know, when it, when people have been zombified for so long that they're just going on instinct. Like you get the main zombie. I can't remember what they call him. I think they call him like Big Daddy or something. <laughs> but he's doing like the petrol pump, and then you but to nobody there. Like the bell goes and he just does it. You know. Um, I think there's like a, a waitress, there's a butcher, you know, and yeah. it's almost like these, it's just reverting to like base instinct. And I get it, like this time, especially in America, was when a lot of shopping malls were opening up and it was moving away from like that, like that smaller town. Small like, town the, shops. You like know? the Night of the Living Dead is almost that small town. Like what happens yeah. when something like this comes to this small little village or out in the middle of nowhere? That one's much more, whereas this one is like peak in the centre of a city, like as you've got, say, like when they do go and you've got the helicopter going over and you can see the the city and it does show certain shots of like, you know, like the army or the police or things like that are kind of trying to keep things away or uh, blocking places. And you get this bigger landscape that suddenly goes from like 
night, which is just one yeah. set location, one small rural location, and now Isolated. we're into like the yeah, and now we're into the effects on, and it's just like and then, yeah, and it is just like what is the constant flow, like whenever whenever I'm surrounded, what would happen in those areas where it's just like everywhere. Like, if you could be rural and you could still die, then what yeah. are your chances in the middle of somewhere that's so highly populated? Yeah, and going on that, because, I mean, there is the, the apartment block or the the block of flats that we'll, get, we'll go back to, but that bit where they're flying away in the helicopter and we do see the army, but we also see what is effectively, for lack of a better term, like a bunch of rednecks, like yeah. getting the shotguns and getting the hunting rifles and going out and fighting it. Yeah. The bit that I love about this in terms of world building is that you know that this is like people trying to fight back and people thinking, well, this is something we can just like blast our way through yeah, yeah, and yeah. we'll be fine. Get and what, my gun and start blasting. Get my gun and start blasting. And what I think is, and you know, is kind of mental is when you know how Day of the Dead goes. Yeah. where they say at the start of uh, Day of the Dead that for every one human left on Earth, there's a quarter of a million zombies. And it's yeah. you know that like this this is the start, this is Dawn of the Dead, but then you know that the dead win. Yeah, and yeah, all yeah. of these people who go out and try and fight it <laughs> is just pointless. Mm. You know, they should have been holding up, they should have been trying to survive. Yeah. Um, and it's just, a, it's a bit of world building that just hit me a bit more mm. this time knowing the context of where yeah. it goes yeah i was gonna say uh, the fact that they are yeah the f- <laughs> the idea that you you can kind of fight that and things like that and can't like get around it like not accepting it but also not constantly like battling against it the idea that it's going to keep going and going and also i think with it considering it's this is the united states that it's yeah. really focused on there's definitely a little bit of about the whole uh gun argument in there yeah the idea that they think that they can gun is the answer to pretty much all of their problems yeah guns all they need to do is take that out and just like yeah we'll take just shoot, shoot the shell <laughs> and, um which obviously like obviously at the end of say night of the living dead obviously you get the idea that the rural kind of areas is kind of actually they managed to take control back by the end of that one because it is a smaller population so any of the forces they have yeah. are able to kind of control it for a certain amount of time that's it for how a long that time. Is, that's what i mean yeah. that's until the larger urban population starts to spread to yeah. the world <laughs> so you know it's only for a certain amount of time but also that some of them did try to like the opposite and it is the opposites so you've got like in night of living dead it doesn't work out for them no but they try to protect themselves yeah. in one place they try to go away from the zombies but sadly they're already so surrounded even at the start of the film there's already so many out there kind of thing um that they can't do so you know it's kind of a losing battle in that situation but then this one you've got the people literally leaving a place that could be somewhat they thought secure there were no zombies at the start like the film actually that much like around them until they fly off in the helicopter and start going to the other part and then obviously it starts to get worse and worse like as they go to other parts the buildings and stuff like that that's when they really see the chaos when they get over and they see, we see more of the, well, the, the, there was one thing I couldn't, I can't remember, the, like, it is SWAT. Yeah, they're the a SWAT, SWAT team. Because I thought. always forget about that. Because scene. they talk, but they talk about them like they're, they're the rebels or like they're, they're the, like, they're the villains sometimes. They talk about those like teams and stuff, like you're the guys that are like, maybe like, taking the charge, like you're not like the army, you're not, I think you're almost just like taking things for yourself as if they've gone, they're like SWAT 
but they've also kind of gone away gone from the moral code of like they're here taking them out for people but they're not really following the rules that have been like set for anyone. Maybe because I mean you have the you have the op- you have that scene where they're going into the you know the it's apartment the, building. Yeah, they're like or, it's like a low it's like a low, low income, income kind yeah. of building, isn't it? Yeah. Which it, it's a clear choice to make it full of minorities. You know? yeah, 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 and you've got that. I all it one thing that I always get shocked about is just how racist that one dude is. You know, like there's one police officer who just like his first line is just racist. And then they they fight off some like uh, some I don't know whether they're like drug dealers or whether they're just people who are defending it because the first time I watched this, some of them are like because some of them have got like froze and some yeah. of them have got like raster kind of things. And, it's like, really it's weird. Because really, yeah. the first time I watched this, I thought, oh, this is like this is like a drug bust, yeah. and they go in and then they realize there's a zombie outbreak because yeah. it looks very much like a SWAT team going into like a drug den. However, when I watched it back, like you were saying, I was thinking, are they, you know, are like are the people in this housing block um, keeping the zombies because they think they're going to get better? So this team are like, no, they're in there and are going in to exterminate them. And then that racist dude just goes in and starts just blasting everyone. Like he's just yeah. kicking doors down, shooting humans. And then I love when his head gets blown up. Oh, and and yeah. he blows somebody's head up. I, in I, the most I love this way. whole, like, I, I think it's this, this, this opening in the, that part of it, in the housing project, is one of the most effective parts of the film. It's like, not only is it action packed, but it's also, I just find it really interesting, the different, like, cops and like yeah. the different SWAT officers you've got and their different approaches to this like you've got you know, obviously the big the big yeah Roger's obviously our main our main like and it is our protagonist for part of the film yeah um, and um, but Peter. the guys I can't remember what the Ken um, Foray Peter um, it says here Wooly is his name a brutal and racist officer oh yeah because he goes fucking off the rails <laughs> that is, yeah. he just fucking goes he just he's fucking goes like the fuck. second he sees dead the dead he, he's racist but then the second he sees the dead he's like well fuck them all yeah yeah. it says here it's the idea is meant to be actually that they are going to the the black and Latino tenants who are defying marsh, marsh, martial, martial law of delivering the dead to the National Guard. So they're not oh, handing okay. them over. And I think that relates to uh, the when they get to the basement and they get the um, the, the minister, the priest, whatever you want to yeah. call him. And he, there's a, the, I, when you see that scene, there is a, like an implication that he's the one that's actually been almost like telling them that no no the dead like he comes out like to, he, as if he was trying to protect them yeah as is like you need to look after them like he doesn't fully believe from the religious side he doesn't fully believe yet that they are gone he believes if they're still alive and they're still coming around us then they should still be protected they're, redem- they're it, still human it feels like maybe that whole building is almost listening to that one the guy in the basement yeah maybe it's like he's the big boss but he's not the big boss because he's a one-legged <laughs> he's priest, a one-legged priest yeah. barely surviving to like walk across the roof yeah um and that's um well there's a there's i think that there's a line where um that uh ken foray's peter and i think ken foray is a really good really good uh leading man in this oh yeah and he says uh people still believe there's respect in dying yeah and it's it's a very contra you know it's a very interesting contrast to something that happens later which we'll discuss about when we get there but that is it. It's this idea of it, and I, now I've read that it it puts things a lot more into context of the actual film. Yeah. But we get our first zombie bite then as well, as we get like the mustached 
zombie yeah um i love one thing i love about all of the zombies in this is just how 70s they look and i love i still find i mean like practically speaking yes a running zombie is much more terrifying but i think on camera i think that slow moving zombies just work so much better you i think you get more tension as opposed to just having well, a chase you know i, I think yeah i think people i, I feel, always feel like people are underestimate i mean running zombies are, are fine but i also always find that something with running zombies is it tends it starts to get a little bit um i don't know it's just a bit it's just like the second you see them it's like right they're gonna run towards you and it, it starts to kind of bit, get a bit the same whereas i always find with slow moving one it's the fact that like one second yes they're walking towards you but then the next is like where the fuck did they go? Yeah, and, and there's, there's much more of that suspension tension with this slow moving zombie. Yeah, and much more of the idea of you like they're so focused on the snow one, but it's like always oh, far away. They don't always pay attention. It's like we got time for that one. Get that one, and it's like yeah. but by the time you sort those ones, you forgot that that one's come and got. And you. there's more just coming. And there's just more ways I think you can play with it. Whereas yeah, I think it. with fast moving, it's kind of like well, that's it. They're, fast, to, they're gonna corner you. We need they're to have a chase. You. Yeah, you know that's kind of what Run we away. can really do. And that's why like certain things, like say the Dawn of the Dead remake or twenty, you know, twenty years later or things like that. You know, there is a certain parts of them. They yes, they do some fantastic different ways, but there are a little bit of points when you're like, okay, so we're being chased again by the zombies. Yeah, and it's not as much of that suspense sometimes at times. Not so much twenty eight days later. That's got some that's fantastic class. Yeah, it's a classic. <laughs> but, um, I, I, I'm just saying. But that was the first one to really try. But then even then, theirs is not even just your standard running. Theirs is a rage of a like. Yeah. like theirs is a theirs is a has the extra detail of just how fucking mad those creatures are. They're yeah. fucking rabid. You know right, what I mean? Yeah. But um. Yeah, no, it's um, I a lot of the depth. There is a lot of kind of uh, yeah, kind of yeah, possibly kind of you're wondering about race of some of these. You've got the obviously the uh, what we say is blue, but meant to be grey. Yeah, because Savini painted them to be grey, but yeah. on screen they came Come across on, with a tint yeah. of a blue tint. So people always assume they're blue, as in like you know, as if like if you die your lips start to go you know, yeah, you yeah, know. like that when he actually related it to Night of the Living Dead which had no colour. Yeah. So Night of the Living Dead they were grey because it was black and white. So he yeah. liked the idea of keeping them as a grey zombie and then it he was like, mm, people don't really question it, but yeah, in my mind it, they were meant to be like grey. Yeah. And with some of them he didn't really do the the lips and stuff. So it kind of gets a bit of a like yeah. uh, it's like grey with then pink lips yeah it's like a, weird. a little bit of time there are some of them like the uh, yeah there's like a I don't know what you'd call them like a Maharaja or whatever you call like the kind of the, 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 the bold guys there's one Harry Krishna Harry Krishna that's the yeah. one um, and he, yeah he's like grey and then just these beautiful pink lips beautiful yeah succulent <laughs> just there like I'm, I'm still alive for the lipping yeah <laughs> But, um, that's when Peter gets some ideas. Yeah. <laughs> no, um, but that first zombie bite, and a lot is really cool. Yeah. And a lot, I found like a lot of the gore still, for the most part, looks pretty good. Oh yeah, it, you know, it, it does. It does stand out. I mean, like the fact that yeah, Savini's effects are pretty great in this film, and the fact that they, as we said, I said earlier about the budget. The fact that yeah. he had like fuck all budget, and most of it had to be like him and his mate just doing do half it. of yeah. this stuff, <laughs> like throwing themselves off of stuff or pulling stuff or just basically doing, you know. And that's why sometimes they do play well into the like they use things like the clothing to help them kind of mask it. So underneath they could have had like blood packs and stuff like that, but it still works because yeah. all that has to look like is the tearing of that, and then you see so much blood gushing out that you don't even really pay attention yeah. to if there's any like 
parts and obviously later on we do get more like flesh pulling and stuff like that obviously yeah, which is up. awesome especially like towards the end with like the biking game there's loads of that kind of stuff but yeah um but yeah all of those little parts like just that kind of the way that he does the pop of the blood and stuff like that yeah it's like, all like in your face like I love, I love, I love all of the practical that comes into this film. Yeah, and a lot of the zombies look pretty cool as well. Because I mean, it's very early, so you don't expect people to be quite. Day of the Dead has some great looking zombies, but by then, this that's like a few years down the line. So yeah, people are rotting, people have died a lot more violently, and obviously effects have, have gotten better. But you get some cool looking zombies, such as the. The classic one that's on the poster with the check shirt that's kind of got like half its face yeah. mauled a little bit. You've got the the Harry Krishna one, which is a fun little nod. You've got like one which has like half a leg or something like that in the apartment block. Yeah. So you've got like a range of ones that you can tell have been clearly mauled and had more vicious deaths, and then ones that do have like a bit more of like an extra look to them you know like yeah they're, they're just an extra to bop, bump the crowd up but it looks it's good yeah well that's the other thing is like obviously this is a time when when to have a crowd like that you needed to literally have a crowd of people so to yeah. get like to get extras to come and work on your film you know when you haven't got a budget to like pay them it's just mad that he's managed to gather so many very yeah. people together like he had like army and police forces that just agreed to come in their outfit in their uniforms so yeah. and film those scenes because he didn't have the money to film to get hiring people to be in costumes and do yeah. costumes for that so he literally got like people like that so like the fact that he managed to pull off what feels like such a grand scale because it does it feels much grand in scale than night obviously it's supposed to but it feels like that as well we have we move through quite a lot of different locations we see we have a lot more extras and side characters that kind of you know just i mean boost it if you just think of like if you think of so Six hundred and forty thousand pounds to make this film was the budget. Yeah. Six hundred and forty—that's fuck all. This is this. I know this is seventy. You know this is the late seventies. Well, this is the but, same year they made Halloween. Yeah, Halloween was on what a hundred thousand, hundred and fifty thousand. I think something like that. Yeah. So, so you know, and that's but, a real small budget. But think about like still what we yeah. one of our more recent episodes like Fright Night in the you know the eighties. But that was seven million. Yeah. So you know what I mean, like, and they did impressive stuff for that. Absolutely, yes, they did. But uh, it's still like the fact that he managed to pull this off with that low of a budget is insane. Yeah, is mad. And it, go, and it shows how it goes to speaks to the level of the filmmaking of Romero as well. You know, oh yeah. The proper commitment. Like I heard, I watched. I think I saw this in a documentary about it. But the mall was still operational. Mm. So during the day, it would be open for business and it was at night that they would have to film everything yeah and they'd have to film and then clean everything up ready for it to open the next day and yeah. do that do it all over yeah again. yeah because even things like there's um uh they go into the 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 gun shop yeah in there and there wasn't a gun shop so they had to make put together and build yeah. a whole gun shop in there because the, well i don't know i think romero wrote it he just assumed everyone's got everyone's a gun got shops. a gun shop, <laughs> but they didn't actually have one in the one they chose. So they had to build, put together, like do all the things, lay out all the props and stuff 
to then take it all away yeah. the same night in order to get it ready and put the shop back together. <laughs> That's fucking insane. Like, to have to do all of that yeah. in one night and be like, here's your shop back. Like, <laughs> it's like, why are there guns on my wall? Yeah, <laughs> why do we keep finding guns in our yeah, shop? Yeah. yeah, we didn't know where to put them, so we just put them in your cupboard. And a guy just, <laughs> just guns it popping out all the time. Like, yeah. Popping off in here. <laughs> <laughs> children walking up it like it's a toy store children yeah it's a toy store <laughs> I'd like this AK please yeah <laughs> just put him and like lock and then load it into the back like, of someone's head sorry you can't have that <laughs> yeah <laughs> what a <bet>. yeah <laughs> he's saying <laughs> and then yeah um, I think we also get you know there's there's like a scene where they land in the uh, they land in the mall and then they realise that they need to start getting supplies so we get like quite a yeah, because well, they, have, they have to stop off. They, 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 have, a they, get, they have to have a stop off they? to kind of. They need to find some fuel, don't they? Yeah. Because it's already running low on fuel. Um, which obviously then that question comes in because they only get a certain amount of fuel. And then obviously that's another reason why they're like, well, we don't know if we've even got enough fuel to get anywhere. Yeah. Which comes up again right at the end of the film. Like, which is great. We're just going to have to see. But um, yeah, because that's when it has the. Uh, when. Ken Free's Steve, uh, uh, Stephen, is it? Steve, Flyboy. No, so it's Peter, sorry, Peter. Peter. I got their names uh, Yeah, I keep as well. mixing them up. Yeah, Peter um, goes inside of the, the garage and he, doesn't he get like rushed by some kids? Yeah, yeah. kids zombies. And, yeah, and they that's that's one thing people point to is like people always say obviously certain ones were the first ones to have a run. The kids run at him. Yeah. The kids are the first, were uh, one of the first instances of a running zombie. Because yeah. the kids leg it towards Peter and kind of jump on him, <laughs> and he has that kind of little, that has little, a little toss back, yeah. toss the kids, <laughs> you know, lob them against the walls and stuff like that, yeah, fighting the the kids and stuff like that. When you you wonder whether he's getting the jump because obviously while that's all happening, he's obviously got Stephen outside with um, what's her name, Roger. I can't remember the woman's no, name. Not Roger. It's um, Fran. 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 Which. And again, on here it says pregnant, and I never remember that as a part yeah. of the story. I always they mention it. They mention yeah, it, and, sure she, and then she's sick in the toilet. And I, I think, I think Stephen. Uh, I just thought she was the just being sick because, like, this is all fucking scary yeah. shit. Like, I, I didn't, I completely missed the lines about her being pregnant. Yeah, they mention that because I, I even look at Stephen and her at first. Like before they actually get to the mall and they're like properly together, I keep looking at Stephen like they're kind of like. They might be together or are they not together? Yeah. Like, I'm not even sure. She kind of looks like she'd like a piece of that Peter. Yeah, she does look like <laughs> she's she don't want a bit Peter. of that Ken Yeah, he was a tall, handsome man. You know? <laughs> he absolutely was. So I was looking at that girl like, ah, oh, did she want, but no, apparently. <laughs> apparently they were together. Stephen, I can't help but look at. Every time I look at him, I think Hugh Laurie. <laughs> I get it. Yeah, he's got <laughs> I that keep kind thinking of. thinking he's got that Hugh Laurie look to him and he's a. <laughs> He's like that kind of tall kind of thing because I'd say Stephen's a character that I feel like I don't like out of all the other ones. He's my he's my, he'd be my like least favorite of them. He comes across a bit of a I don't know. I feel like he comes across as, like he's all right at certain parts, but he comes across as a bit of a dick to start with. I don't I think I because like he's Stephen. in such a rush to get out. Of yeah, there, and he's trying to force his way, but yeah, he's like we can't fucking. He built. I I felt like he built later in the film towards you know as as it kind of goes on when it's just yeah. together. Well, I think the film doesn't really have so much as character arcs you know like we don't no. we don't get massive changes within people like Peter learns how to uh, not Peter sorry I see I always confuse their names Stephen learns how to shoot a gun you know and get better at it but yeah. nobody really has any 
proper character development well character arcs no because they it, develop it's a little just bit. little figures it's very much how they survive Stephen you know? and Fran start to cope with it together by yeah. getting closer get like to each other when at first they seem like not to not I'm not saying that but that's why I felt like there was a little bit of a separation Maybe. in some way that they weren't so but they felt like they were closer Roger and Peter obviously they their friendship seems to get real like really strong the boys they, they start to be like real which is one of the most fun parts of the film yeah Those, the boys together the boys um, so yeah but yeah I see what you mean there's not like a major like changing of yeah. any character things like that like in the just to compare it to the uh to the to the remake, for instance, I, I can't remember any of their names, but you get the the redneck kind of guy who's like out for himself and is a you know a bit racist and a bit of a dickhead, and then by the end, you know he he kind of has a bit of his a character moment where he's like, you know what, yeah, I'm fucked now, but I'm gonna I'm gonna try and hold them off, and he has that kind of self you know yeah. sacrifice, and we get like small little bits of that. However, with this one, it feels very... It almost feels very real because that lack of character arc, you just see them surviving and living instead. Yeah, yeah, instead, they're getting know? by. And I think, also, I think it also plays into the idea of normally people will have more character arcs in major ways when they, they know what they're going towards, yeah. what's coming next for them. They're yeah. trying to achieve something next. And I'd say these guys are very much in a world where they feel like there is no next. No, there isn't. This is it. Like, Surviving, like we might go to the next one, but there's no point in me really developing much more or doing much more. I can do these things. I can do the day to day, but I'm basically they. That's part of the, kind of the part where both the fun and the mundane comes yeah. into the film is the fact when they start to be like, well, this is all the same, isn't it? Well, yeah. And this is it. And like, there's no point in me doing much more else, is there? Because they're all kind of in some kind of state of like. They're in the, the like those seven stages of like death, basically. Yeah. You know, like they're going through denial and anger, and th- that's what they're playing out on screen. Like when you get certain different parts, certain characters, like Stephen can't stop looking at the TV screen when it's there and when it's not there. Yeah, because he constantly is waiting and hoping for an answer. Something things like that, you know. And like Peter can't stop, like basically, like he's on constant guard. He's yeah. constantly seems to be like scanning for the thing. And Fran just seems to be just constantly like, like almost like in the middle of all of that. Like, what are you all doing? Like, why is it like, I'm kind of like, you're protecting me, but at the same time, I'm not sure if you are protecting yeah. me. Like those kind of like feelings going through it. And then obviously Roger's just kind of, <laughs> Roger's like properly preparing himself to go. Um, yeah. So we'll uh, come to that in a second. Um, yeah. So I'm just trying to, lock back into where we well, were within that so we were talking what? about the the bit where the they kind of get the wagon for the supplies which is quite a it, it takes quite long we get uh we get Stephen finding out about the the kind of air ducts and air vent system that they can travel through yeah. which you get i like that you get that in um dead rising you know that mm. that kind of comes back up in there yeah um and then there's one moment that i find that it's very interesting that they they commit to in this film that they established in Night of the Living Dead. And then it kind of dropped off, really. And that's zombies being afraid or backing off from fire. Yeah. And, uh, that's true, you get, yeah. Yeah, you get, the, you get the flare, which she uses on the Hare Krishna zombie. You get the uh, you get like the blowtorches they're using mm. to keep them off. And in Night of the Living Dead, um, you know, we get, uh, yeah, like we get fire as well. It's like a bonfire. Lights out the front and yeah, bits when they flash inside the house and stuff like that keeps them back a little yeah. bit. Yeah. 
Yeah, no, I, I, I like you saying about the link across the trilogy, though. I, I think it is because in this one, obviously, you start to get the little sign of them almost already. The zombies' intelligence is growing, maybe yeah. increasing, and obviously by day you start to get some real signs of obviously yeah. increased intelligence in within the zombies. That they in start the epo car, they start to understand <laughs> some tactical thing. Like again, I, only because I know certain parts of the story, yeah. or I know that there are developments within one character specifically. Yeah, but then some of the others show certain signs, and I know Land of the Dead also had this same like because you had them start to have guns and stuff. Yeah, <laughs> you know what I mean. So I know that's part of Romero's the idea that they both go from like back and then they start regaining in some some form some memory or something that helps them to do these kind of things yeah. Um, and I, yeah I just wondered whether that's that throughout this film and into the next one starts to kind of go out because they start to realise that oh actually no we can overcome that yeah. or I've been on fire I'm still here like <laughs> zom- burnt zombie man yeah maybe I made it I'm yeah. a living proof that you can be dead and it, survive fire they learn that they only need the brain to be smashed up yeah exactly like, what's yeah. fire gonna do so you he's know? like I can be fire I can I'll <laughs> be a flaming torch that runs around this yeah. mall and kills you Human all torch <laughs> yeah but they, I, I find that they commit to it um and it's just it's just something I notice because each time I'm like, yeah, that's, it's a very it's a very old fashioned thing to have, you know. Like you would get monster movies back, you know, or like Dracula or Frankenstein, or even when they had like voodoo zombies, you know. And fire was always something that would keep them back in that. Yeah, you yeah. know, you'd always get like the protagonist using the proper old school torch and keeping zombies yeah. away. And it's kind of weird that they commit to it, yeah. even this kind of late. Yeah, because you get. Um, I just think like I, I just more like the zombies. I just think you do get certain ones where they do really. Um, it almost there are some shots where I don't know if it's just the extra not quite going along with it, where it seems like they sometimes react when certain things are pointed towards them or put in front of them. Like the zombies seem to kind of be a bit more like they're not just some of them just stand like dead gawking at the yeah. gun. Some of them seem like they're almost more a bit like moving around or like it's that really kind weird. of like. So it, it it's an interesting part as to whether some of this stuff is like designed or oh, continuity yeah. of like trying to control so many people that it's like. But no, I, I like I I always like the idea that there are a few things. Like one of the worst things that a lot of horror films do, to be honest, is when they give them too much. Um, well, you know, there's there's too much like plot ar- armor basically. There's all this, even the character themselves is like, there's no way that they could possibly anything happen to them. But even yeah. with like the monster, sometimes they just make them sound so impossible to kill that you start to be a bit like, oh, what's what's the point? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like you want you want that you want them to have some vulnerable ways. You know what I mean? It's like if you had zombies and then you said, right, no brain doesn't kill them. So you can stab them through the brain, they'll still keep coming. You can cut them up, they'll still keep coming. Some of them do kind of do that sometimes. I think Return of the Living Dead does that. Yeah, yeah. So like know? Return of the Living Dead is a little bit like is a little bit like that in in that kind of way that basically, yeah, even down to Ash, it's still not because it can still infect more people. Yeah. So that kind of does it, which is great because it works that way. And I haven't I haven't watched any of the other ones. You said the other night you were going to watch some. Of them I watched the them. second one. I've I watched the third one, um, maybe two or three years ago. Uh, because I heard that it was it was done by Brian Yuzner. Um I think I probably didn't I probably didn't pronounce that right. Um, but you know he did he did Society and he did um, some other other kind of kooky films. And it's a completely 
different film to the first two. It's about uh, one woman who gets infected with the trioxin. Yeah. Um, and it's more of like a love story. <laughs> it's like a horror comedy romance film. Yeah. And it's and she gets stronger like when she experiences pain. So it's a really weird film. <laughs> and I watched the second one uh you know a couple of a couple of nights ago, which it was fun. I enjoyed it. I, I I really unexpectedly enjoyed the um, oh return is return. awesome. I thought return was awesome. We'll we'll do return at some point. Well. Uh, but yeah, no, I really liked it. So yeah, it is it is that. But there was the thought in my head of like, how much further could you go with this? Because yeah. you made them so indestructible. It's almost like a well, if if this gets spread to a wider margin, they're gonna win. There's no way to, they're not gonna win. Like just like these zombies, obviously. But at least in this case, there feels like there's some fight. But then I guess. Part of what I love about this film is the fact that at the start of the film, we've already had Night of the Living Dead and there's already the knowledge of what has happened. But it's just the fact that they're so still unprepared. They're so unplanned and so unprepared. Yeah. The whole the whole of the world. And, and that is the way it would be because, as we know, sadly, like with humanity, the worst thing is the fact that we could give you all the plans. We could tell you exactly how to do it and how to probably survive. But we're fucking assholes. <laughs> we'll just yeah. fucking, we'll still be like, nah, I don't want it. I, I'm going to do it my way. You know what I mean? And for every, like, they'll basically be like, basically, they aren't good at doing this. So if the whole world has a zombie attack and they're like, basically, they can crowd up and stuff. But if you're all in the house, like, they can't, like, really, like, get through doors and things like that. So if everyone just barricades themselves inside, get yourself supplies, don't eat the supplies. Yeah. You know, like, get these ready. Like, this is going to happen. Like, you can tell people in advance, do not go out and try and fight them. Don't try and do this and basically stay inside. We wouldn't fucking do it for shit. No. <laughs> no. I know that there's a point where it's like you'll run out of food, things like that, or things like that. But if they came round to every house and gave you basically like a good supply of like food and basically don't eat it, there'll be some guy straight away like cans of chili. Yeah. yeah. Eats the whole fucking lot I'll in just, like just one eat night. Everything like, in one night. And then like, oh shit, I'm here for three months and I have no food. Yeah. Just then, does the biggest shit possible. And then there's some like gamer lads who are like on fucking like Fortnite or on COD or something like that, and just like, oh fuck it, like now I get to live my dream, running yeah. out with guns into the streets and like <laughs> blasting and getting eaten the shit out of. Well, because they're fucking fails, and that's I, what the rednecks yeah. basically were. <laughs> yeah. Like, well, I mean, to be honest, like not to 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 throw back and trigger anybody's PTSD, but COVID, man. Yeah. Like, yeah. Do you remember, like lockdown yeah. was like that. Lockdown was like you could only go out of your house if, like, you know, if you want to go shopping. Yeah. And now everyone's like, oh, you know what I want to do today? I'm going to go shopping, and then everyone's just leaving the house. Yeah, I was gonna for say, whatever reason I mean, how they much, can. How much we suppress that? Remember that whole like like. Cleanse your hands. Cleanse your hands. Constantly yeah. cleanse your hands, and all these germs and people were like that, and then it's like now everyone's like, nah, just fuck it. Yeah, <laughs> I'll lick my hand if I can slide in your face. Yeah, and it's like yeah, there's still and it's like, I mean, it's still out there, and you know, there are even people that are still like, it, it could still like mutate. Yeah, <laughs> it's still alive. It could still change into. It could still increase and come back around in some ways. And it's like. Nah, nah, that's just humanity. Fine. We just go like, ah, fuck it. Like all of the lessons that we should have learned. <laughs> yeah. but you know what I mean? Like all of the all of the things that were like important to the world. Remember all the people that were basically keeping the world running? The people that paid nothing. Yeah. Basically, or paid like shit. Or are like jobs yeah. where we have to look after people in the social sectors or, or, you know, or children or things like that. Remember how we helped the world running and all the people that gained all the money in the world didn't really do fuck didn't all. Didn't fuck. Yeah. Remember how now they keep making money and we still get paid fuck off? Yeah. <laughs> and apparently we have to do more now than we did before. 
Yeah, we don't give a shit because that's what we are. We are humanity. We yeah. are we are a greedy, greedy race. <laughs> yeah. Well, and that's you know that and that is just echoed in this film. It is, yeah. You know, it, it's it, it's pretty. This is what makes it timeless because all of that COVID and stuff, like life that we've lived like through that quarantine and stuff like that. This just echoes back to this: the fact that we just can't fucking control ourselves. Like, yeah. Like, you know, if people had had plans or had followed or had followed rules, like, even like we said at the start, you know, them them going against militant law and stuff like that, that was probably because it was breaking laws that they were trying to keep people contained to, in order to protect this, but they weren't handing over bodies, which meant spread. Yeah. Which meant it spread, which means the SWAT officers died. And it's just, and again, that is just like fucking, like, like COVID, when they said stay inside, don't go out to, don't go and fucking rave at a party till fucking yeah. 2 a.m. because of that. And it's like, yeah, but I want to. I want to. What do you not understand? About don't that? tell me what to do, you know. <laughs> uh, yeah. Those are, yeah. Everything always <laughs> Sully did that so well with the environmental one they did about yeah. the bar, where it's like, it's too hot. It's like, you don't need more shots, but I want more shots. Yeah. Don't tell me what to do with my body. Like, my body is like, no, but you don't need it and we don't have the supply. We will run out. Yeah, but I want them. Now. Yeah, <laughs> you said I can't have them. It's like that is that is literally the annoyingness, and it's you know uh, we're we're not talking like hypocrites. We probably do stuff every day. That's yeah, like, of course, man. It's like protect the earth, recycle. Uh, but the recycling bins over there, and the, this bin's here. <laughs> this bin's here. Like, ah, oh, I got a you know, I've, there's a shop that you know it could take me ten minutes to walk to. It's a bit overcast today, a bit windy. Yeah, I'm just going to drive there for 30 it's a bit seconds. Of a breeze it's a bit of a breeze, and I'm wearing I'm shorts. Drive down there, yeah. I'm not changing my shorts. I'm going to drive to the shop. You know. Um, but going back to the film, we're talking. I mean, Roger. So I was under this strange impression because the film is. I mean, I think I find even though it's two hours um, seven minutes, I find it's paced pretty well, mm. and I actually I fell into this. I don't know whether I'd call it a trap or what it is, but I think Roger gets bitten maybe an hour, an hour and 15 minutes into it. So I was under the impression, to be honest, especially the first time I watched this, yeah. that all four of them are going to survive. Yeah, yeah, know? yeah. So when, and Roger gets, because they're going, they're going to put the trucks to block it. it's a small group as well, though. Yeah, it's small, it's a very small group. And they, you know, they're getting the trucks and they're blocking up the, uh, you know, they're blocking up the entrances yeah. in. And Roger almost gets bitten like three or four times. Yeah. And each time you're like, fuck, fuck, <laughs> that's it. It's gone. He's fucking gone. My boy's done. And then he he gets away. Someone shoots the zombie. He pulls his foot away. And then you just think, oh, they're not going to do it. They've almost got him four or five times. And then he's like, shit, I forgot my bag. And he's fucking around the whole time, isn't he? He's yeah, like having yeah, yeah. a laugh with it. Well, him, yeah, that's what I mean. Him and, uh, him and Peter are just like, they seem to literally be loving it. They're literally, they're like the bad boys. <laughs> yeah, they are bad boys. <laughs> they are literally just like, ah, oh, fucking around. You know, but Roger a little bit more than, as I said, Peter is a little bit more kind of at times the more guarded one. Yeah. So when he does have fun, it's nice, it's nice to see that break because he's the more serious of the two. He's the Martin Lawrence. Yeah, yeah. He, and, uh, and Roger's the Will Smith. Yeah. You know, so he's going out there. Yeah. So obviously, Will Smith's the one that would get drastically eaten by zombies. Yeah, of course. <laughs> then he'd come back as that damn handsome zombie that probably talks smack to you. Yeah, talks smack to you. <laughs> Somehow he's not dead. He's not fully dead. So he's, back. Dead, he yeah. like, <laughs> he's a he's able to. You can't keep Wild Willie down. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. No. 
Um, it, it's it's a, it is a sad one because of the relationship that Peter and Roger build. I think that's yeah. the main reason I found it like sad that he's. But obviously, it's then you think whenever that happens to them, you think it's going to happen like really quickly, but it happens kind of over time, like yeah. quite slowly, doesn't it? And it's I mean I because I, I thought found it quite was, funny because I, I I kind of remember that it obviously had taken a little while to happen. Um, but I thought the zombie, the zombie bites kind of happened. The, the change happened fairly quickly. So I was like, I was like, what happens to Roger? Because there's one bit when he, uh, when Peter obviously shoots in the other lorry, shoots yeah. through and shoots the guy in the head, and then the blood splatters on his face yeah. and goes in his mouth. And I was thinking, oh, is that why he changes slowly? Because it's not because he gets bitten, but because he actually he, he ingests he the blood and therefore it gets into his system and things like that. But that's not actually. It, then he did actually get bitten. I was like, oh, okay. I thought the reason he took so long was because it was like an infection that's building yeah. inside your body. Because um, they have that in Twenty Eight Days Later. The yeah, crow, they do. The crow's, the crow's fucking fantastic. Class. Uh, with Brendan Gleeson. Breaks my amazing. heart every time. Yeah, man. absolutely amazing that kind of thing. But yeah, but again. That's what popped into my head then was that scene, and you know, Rogers is quite like heartbreak as you see him slowly like breaking down. He still gets some fun before he goes, but well, you get that you get uh, you get you get the scene where um, Roger is being wheeled around, and they're trying to get into a car or something like that, and I find that really funny. Well, um, yeah, because they're like they're like going around the shop. They're almost doing like what is it, supermarket sweep? Yeah, like, hey, let's get all this stuff, gather it all up, like piling it on top of Roger's uh, wheelbarrow body, yeah. body. Like he's just got his leg in the air, and he still seems like he's he's ill, but he's still quite like happy. And obviously yeah. they've got the they've got the medicines and the pharmacy and stuff, which it seems helps to kind of subdue so in some way. Yeah. yeah, so they keep giving him stuff to help because he is kind of in pain, but it helps balance him out. Um, and yeah, they they kind of live this. That it's weird that the part when Roger goes is also the part when we kind of see we kind of see this oddly like short time I, idealistic kind of life. Yeah, that kind of goes like that is kind of happening. Like well, they're all living together. They get to access all the different parts of the mall. They yeah. kind of they seem to be doing stuff together. They're like furnishing their little apartment <laughs> room yeah. that they've made, um, and it all seems quite like nice. And they actually seem happy for a little while. They're yeah. getting this lifestyle, and you know they've got access to whatever they want, and they feel like they've blocked it off, so it's not they're not worrying about the zombies so much anymore. Yeah, well, because they say there's a really funny scene, and this is this is this hit me the most recent watch is basically they say like it's gonna start stinking, and yeah. because the zombies are gonna start rotting, mm. so they're like we need to get rid of the bodies. So I was thinking, okay, best thing to do, take them up, throw them off the roof, right? Or yeah, burn yeah, them, yeah. and they're like, "No, we'll just stick. We'll stick them in the freezer where the food is." <laughs> it's so <Yeah>. fucking funny. There's <laughs> like yeah. ice cream and like meat, and they're just like piling zombies' bodies <laughs> next to it. <laughs> it's so funny. But yeah, yeah, then that's when we get the scene after we get the montage of them like well, messing get, around. And I think the nice thing is that while you get this kind of messing around, though. This is also the point, though, because they're messing around with a lot, because they start, like, at some point they get, like, guns in it. It's like, yeah. you have Peter, who is on the roof, and he's, like, I think he's, like, working out and stuff like that, and he's making a lot of noise. And you get the, basically, it's like, this is the bubble they're in, and then outside, which they're not realising, is their impending doom, because yeah. every noise they're making, you're seeing more zombies Just attracted to each gather. other and gather, and you're like, holy shit, like... 
because I think that one bit when when uh, Peter's on the roof and like whatever he's doing, I can't remember, but whether he's shooting or whether he's, he's doing something that makes a lot of noise, I can't remember yeah. what it was. But um, literally, and but and then it pans down, really cool yeah. shot. Where it goes from Peter as he like goes through the door, pans down off the roof backwards, and you just see around those lorries are literally just a ton now of zombies. More, more going gathering. from that little gathering that were originally there to this big crowd that are there. And I, I, that is one thing I love about the whole idea of setting this in this kind of place is the fact that it seems like such a big place. And in your mind, you think, yeah, that's absolutely the kind of place you'd want to head to. Like somewhere yeah. that's got a lot of a lot of supplies that'll probably that you know that for thousands of people every day. So there should be enough to last us for a good, you know, even years maybe yeah. to keep us going. Um, and just the idea that you could put yourself in this bubble like they are and they're enjoying this peaceful little kind of yeah. nice lifestyle. They're not complete. There's a, as I said, there are scenes like where where Stephen is like flipping through the TV and they're listening to the the same guys in the yeah. TV studio <laughs> still talking philosophy. Like yeah, you know, it's when he's got like an Abu Hamza kind of vibe. Yeah, you know, yeah. He's got like, the eye like he's patch. got like a, he's got yeah, he's got an eye patch. Eye like patching glasses. Yeah, it, it's an it's interesting. an interesting thing. That's an interesting combo. He kind of reminded me. Yeah, he, he did remind me of someone very close or someone like a. Like he's like kind of like a Stanley Kubrick or something like that. Okay. Like, always speaking in a very like he spoke in a very like that kind of way, like kind of thing. Like this is very much my vision and my idea, and but he speaks in a very like uh, you know they're they're back and forth. But it's also it, the the interesting thing is it's two people talking who are not really. It almost feels like they're not actually having a conversation because they're both basically saying their point of view. Yeah. The other person has their point of view. It's like a discussion or a debate. Yes. But it's where like neither of them is really taking on board what the other no. one's saying, and it just shows that like the world is at a standstill. This is it. Nothing's going any further. No. There's no. There's no going from here. There's no further going on. You know? No one's working together. And then obviously, I think you get one of them when you kind of get or a little hint of the idea that that came to an end because obviously something's happened in the building and obviously they're yeah. Because you get so I think you get so in one of the broadcasts when it cuts off and then the next one you just see Stephen just. Scrolling, yeah. and scrolling, like it's gotta come. Like there haven't been in days, like, but yeah. And like France, like it hasn't happened in days. Like it's turn it off. Like it's just driving them mad. Yeah. Um. But obviously that bit follows after Roger. That that's around the same time that Roger finally passes. Yeah. Because it happened. It, it all is. It feels like a big build up, and that's the thing. It goes from the idealistic to they start seeing that Roger's getting really ill, and it kind of brings them back into the reality of the world. Yeah. I think. Well, two. I mean, two points is we get the three actually. So before we get uh, Roger reanimating, we get the you know we get a great scene where uh, Ken Foray's like in that fur coat which oh, you, yeah, you, yeah. you would wear and they're all looking over you know the balcony at the zombies because somehow they're still gathering in other parts of the mall maybe yeah um and that's when we get the iconic line uh, you know when there's no more room in hell the dead will walk the earth yeah. um and one thing i love about the series is we don't find out because you wouldn't like everything would be cut off and everything would be gone that it would just be speculation about why you know why zombies are around yeah yeah you, you there is no clear yet exact yeah. reason um and all these things are left open you know even like that tv broke we, we don't know what happened well, we have no idea because that is it you it's are just gone you're yeah, cut off man you are completely secluded it is the idea that you know you send a message yeah. out and it's like in many zombie movies and stuff or tv or like the walking dead and stuff they have things where like they send out send out a signal it's just like no Nothing. idea is anyone ever going to hear this signal yeah. like I can put it on a loop 
Yeah. Is anyone ever going to hear it? And the people that do hear it, like we get later with the biker guy, are like yeah. noticing them. Do we want them to hear it? That's it. Do you want? <laughs> do we want these people yeah. to hear it? The the um, second point is um, that. I thought that was three and one. No, no, not three and one, man. Um, <laughs> the second point is uh, this film must be the reason why people have conversations about what they would do in a zombie apocalypse yeah. because we've had that conversation many yeah. times and surely going to a mall or a supermarket is I think much more than say Night of the Living Dead this one definitely makes you think much more about where would you where would you actually, where would go? You actually go where yeah. would you go in the mall I think and and it's been discounted several of them where we I think I think we had a we, we, as, we did it a lot. Team, we, we did this now. a lot. This was a this was like almost like a strategy game without a board. Yeah, like <laughs> we would talk, we would literally talk about it through the scenarios. I remember like on a Friday night we would have like cans, we'd have our pizzas, yeah. we or whatever drink we could get hold of because we were still underage. Yeah, and, at the time. and our main conversation would basically be so. How would you like? What would you do? What would be your strategy? How could we survive? What would we do right now if basically a Gloucester was basically covered in? Zombie. Where would we get to? Yeah. I swear our, prevail, our prevailing one, which the remake uh, kind of makes us reconsider in some ways, but our prevailing one was mainly the idea that we would make ourselves get to uh, the docks in Gloucester and try to take over the it. boat. Yeah, and it, it wasn't just a. It could have. It could have been a little. You know, a little thingy, a little boat, a little. Uh, a little coach boat or a little thing. No, it had to be in Gloucester. They have like real sailing. Yeah, ships. we had to take the sailing ship. Of course, the idea that on that ship maybe some swords or something like that that we could also use as our as we become pirates. Yeah, in this we, new we world. swashbucklers <laughs> raiding the land. But the idea was basically that we would gather any supplies we can, get on a boat, and then go out to sea because obviously zombies can't be there they can't be there but at the same time obviously uh, Dawn of the Dead kind of taught you that after a while you've run out of supplies then when you try to get to an island it's fucked it's fucked we've got some uh, some setting going on with our episode today I don't know if people can hear it in the background but uh, the Christ. not only has the rain come down like fucking crazy right now but also the storm is a blaring we've got some thunder and lightning yeah so fuck if it you're out. if you're hearing that noise we're not adding some like creepy sound <laughs> to our 100th episode to make it more like that. it's we're getting real life uh, storm. Real here. life atmosphere, yeah. Yeah, it's crazy outside. Yeah. Well, and then, I mean. It was literally sunny like 10 minutes ago. <laughs> yeah, this is meant to. Climate change, King. And then, well, the third point actually goes back to the film. So it brings us back nicely. Yeah. And this is obviously, we get Roger reanimating, which is a great scene. And it's, it's real. I, f- I still find it real tense to this day. Um, however, one thing I wasn't sure of and this is kind of looking at the landscape of zombie films at the time, was the bite contagious? Because in Night of the Living Dead, it's, it's very much, we don't know about somebody being bitten and coming back. The, the, the girl at the bottom of the basement, I know she's sick. I can't remember if she's been bitten. It's been a while since I've watched it. But obviously that little girl comes back and then kills, kills the mum. Yeah. However, was the zombie bite known to be contagious, you know, because he says, "Don't let me come back." Yeah. So I'm never, I, am never sure. Like, was it, was this a thing? Were people like, if I get bitten, then I, I don't come know. Back? I mean, I, I just felt, I felt like it was part. I did feel like it in some ways kind of implied that the, you know, getting bit or something by the zombie is what. Because when they're in the apartment building, it's like, when one of them gets bitten and stuff like that, I swear there's some around. Reference to the fact that like don't let them touch you and things like that. Kind yeah. Of thing. So maybe it was. I feel like it was, but that's why I was under. To be fair, that was why part of it went in my head is like 
was it the bite or was it the blood that got yeah. to his system from the zombie that is actually what made him it's also because it's only because also because Roger kind of not only did he change but he changes quite differently than the other zombies and he even looks significantly different than some do you reckon well, he like a lot. Well, a lot of them, you know, like the Christner and stuff like that. He doesn't look all. He, a lot of the zombies don't look all wrinkled and warm, but he's literally like I think wrinkled Roger's just and wrinkled. <laughs> I, think no. I just don't think he's that good a looking man. <laughs> yeah. you know? He's not a good looking man, but no, he does not like the, the form he takes. In look, he looks like his whole skin is like been dehydrated. Yeah, like his whole skin looks like he's sick. He's he he looks significantly like he looks he's gone very on a sickly, long journey he? to go that, but. It's an interesting point because you don't really see it. Like I know that they don't change. We do see it in obviously Night in the Living Dead with the little girl that she changes. Yeah, she, she doesn't change obviously like that. But we know that it took. It did take her a while because she was downstairs for the majority of the time. Yeah, and we. She'd already been. I feel like they do say she got bitten or attacked by something. And Maybe that's why she's downstairs because she's been ill. Or well, something she's like. she's sick. Or she's it. she's sick. So it, yeah, that's the thing. Is it an infection or is it something that gets passed on? I think. Like, and that again. So is it is it the bite or is it the blood? Yeah. In this case, but we know later on in these films, it's definitely a bite that is there. Yeah, the, the bite is the one that, that. And that's obviously classic zombie. But again, I don't know if it is that is that Romero who made that, or yeah. does that come from somewhere else? Because obviously, he didn't actually necessarily make the undead. You no, know, that was something that was already there, and obviously, you know, technically, even Dracula plays into a form of something. Yeah, like that. Of course, some of the creatures undead, in Dracula it? are like the living undead. Yeah, um, but they were more like, like I said earlier, the voodoo. But the idea of, of a zombie is very yeah. much Romero. You know, what I mean, that's very much more his kind of like that. Even yeah. though, is it Romero or is it <laughs> is it Argento? Because Argento is the one that used the term zombie, and they don't use the term zombie in Night of the Living Dead. They use <laughs> ghouls, don't they? Yeah, I, I swear they don't call them a zombie. And do they call them a zombie in this one? I it's I interesting because we things. refer to Maybe. Romero as the creator, crafter of the the zombie and yeah <laughs> it's interesting that was it was interesting just like reading about that about Argento because I was just like in my head going yeah. I was like how much did Argento actually like could have possibly helped or add things and does that mean that Argento naming the film in Europe zombie <laughs> I always thought I heard that Romero was kind of the the, the zombie you know the one that kind of turned, yeah. coined the term but I was kind of wondering where that well, I mean, I'm I'm reading it's, uh, you know, um, it's a it's an old word, you know, from the 17th century. So the word is itself is, you know, very old. Yeah. But I don't I don't know when they ever actually within like the films like taking that word and applying it yeah. to the like the living and dead in that way. Because I'm sure they do. I'm sure in Day of the Dead they call them zombies. Yeah, I think so. I just can't remember if they said it's it a cool word as well. Zombie. It is <laughs> the zombie. You fucking zombie. It is a cool word. It's weird as fuck when you actually think about it. Like yeah. a word beginning with Z. How many do you know of? <laughs> <laughs> do you want me to list them? <laughs> list a few. <laughs> Your head always just goes to zoo or zebra. Zoo or zebra, zebra. yeah. <laughs> Xylophone. <laughs> That's XY, isn't it? Yes, it is. Yeah. Okay, no, yeah, <laughs> You've been wrong. done. There's my teacher. <laughs> yeah, it's just... I it's fail. Like... I must now resign. <laughs> yeah, he must now resign. Oh, that right. Post Yeah, I'm taking the zoo. Yeah, it's XY. You, you got got. I got It's got. just a weird... Like, yeah. when I actually think about it, it's just a really fucking weird... You don't come word. across many Z words now. No, you don't. There's not, like, a... 
Well done. Get a dictionary. Yeah, get it. <laughs> we will now spend the next hour teaching you all Z words. words. But it's such a it's such a word that's like in pop like pop culture and just general life. Like if you say zombie, somebody knows what you're on about. Noy. Um, you know, somebody knows what you're on about. And if you like think about like Resident Evil and stuff like that, like every and if you play video games growing up. Yeah. Just everybody's so familiar with zombie. Yeah. And as a concept, it's kind of from here, from Romero. So when you look at his impact on horror and filmmaking, it's just absolutely incredible. It is, yeah. It, like, as I said, that's why he's seen as the, the master, because I think he's the one that not only not only brought, obviously, them into the more of the mainstream in many ways, but yeah. also, I think... And that's why he's the one that gave them a real interesting perspective on them. Yeah. You know, because there's lots of ways in which you can see them boring and there's lots of people who've done zombie films that are boring. Yeah, they Because are. they don't understand what makes them interesting. They, do, they don't understand that sometimes the worst part about it is the loss of humanity. And some of them lose that idea. Whereas Romero is very much one about the loss of innocence, the loss of humanity, the yeah. loss of society. And he brings all of that together to make these well really interesting kind of films that have much more of a context and also it's the fact that think about this film like yes you've got loads of zombie, you've got zombie attacks you've got you've got plenty of that in there and yet if you watch the main part of the film it's more about the humans than it is at yeah. all about the zombies yeah, and they're in the background um and there are some of them that focus far too much on thinking about there has to be a constant array of zombies instead of yeah. thinking how do we flesh out and make sure that Actually, it's the zom- it's the not the zombie. It's the humans trying to find a way to survive that makes these stories interesting. Yeah, that has always made these stories interesting, and it's not necessarily about the fact that they're running away from a zombie. That's not the yeah. interesting part. Yes, that plays into it, and when that comes into it, it's fantastic. Like it in a moment when we start to get the real kind of climactic yeah. kind of battle of uh, the biker gang, um, but the loss with. Um, the loss with Roger, like I said before, is the real low point as well for all of the people living yeah. there. So when Roger gets shot, and obviously then they have to bury him, like literally in the middle of them all in the, you know, <laughs> in that little plant area. Um, that's when you really see that they're kind of at an all-time low. But that's also yeah. then followed by the dinner scene where they like Peter himself is trying to push to bring like be that again that like guiding force. He's trying to kind of keep them going by like helping with Stephen to kind of give them a moment of normality. That's the thing that strikes seems so horrific. And yeah, trying to have like normality and a sense of like romance in a world where those things don't really matter anymore. But tr- but that humanity of wanting to cling on to the positive things in life, you know, because yeah. the film could have just been nah fuck it we're just going to try and survive and we're just going to do that but adding in those character moments because uh, Fran is under the impression that Peter's got to be joining them but then he's like no this is just for you two and it is it's a real and it's not a scene which is massively played out like they don't they have a little bit of a talk about getting married or engaged or something yeah because he gets some rings and she's like there's no point man yeah, you yeah, know, yeah. which is a bit well, which you get, but because you get obviously it's both a point of like oh, like oh, they're getting a little moment of joy, and then you get obviously Peter outside kind of sharing a drink with Roger's grave, yeah, that kind of like showing like that he's still like very much there on his mind kind of thing, yeah. But then obviously it's the fact that we get this like high, but every high is followed by a very quick 
low. Yeah. Like basically, Peter and Fran do the sex. They fuck. And I believe we saw before that the goblin sound, the goblin soundtrack, the, the, um, the goblin no, song. No, not Peter. Not um, oh, not Peter. So, Stephen. No, sorry, I yeah. just changed the story. <laughs> he, just start, he just fucks her instead. <laughs> Peter just walks in midway for the mill. We do the fuck. Stephen's in the cock chair. Just so Roger's just told me we do the fuck. You can yeah. fuck up, Steve. No, sorry. Stephen and Fran have the sex. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I'm sorry about the the soundtrack where we were trying to say about like the go- like goblin. So he's yeah. used very, you know, the Italian um, used in a lot of the. Um, a lot of Argento films. Yeah, and um, that's playing also and one of the tracks is they're kind of peppered in a little bit they're much more as we said in the Argento version yeah there's one wasn't the one that was literally called like the sex or something <laughs> there's a zombie sexy yeah zombie sexy or something <laughs> like that and then I think that plays out between the meal into the down of basically they've just had sex and they both look so depressed yeah they look so like Almost like, what was the point of even doing any of this? The post nut clarity. Yeah. Like, well, they didn't. They didn't fix anything. Like, yeah. they still fucked. That didn't do much. Like, the world didn't get better just by us fucking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, all the zombies are going. Nah, they fucked. Let's. Yeah. <laughs> let's go home, boys. Yeah. <laughs> let's start. It's game over. It's game over. Um, um, and yeah, and obviously the pre- I guess the pregnancy plays a large part of that kind of additional for Frank because it just seems like, what's the point? Like bringing a child into a world where it's like this. Like what's, yeah. what's the what's that kind of point of like that? It's like a both. It should be a point of like happiness, but I think a lot of them do get those moments where they're like, "There's no, there's no real reason for any of this." Yeah, but they try to push through because then they obviously they do they do think about the future because they start thinking about the helicopter and loading it up and getting supplies. Yeah, and Stephen and Fran start to uh, Stephen starts to teach Fran how to use it in case he's dead and things like that. Um, so there is a little bit of it gets to a very low following Rogers, but then they do start to try and be like, mm, we have to do something. Yeah. We've got to keep going and we can't stay in this. This has been a bubble of joy that's now burst and we yeah. need to go on from here, which is good timing because that's when they make with the helicopter and stuff, they start to make it uh, well, and with the zombies building up all around the outside. Yeah. It kind of makes them a big flag of like, oh, let's go there. There's and, people there. There's stuff there. And here comes Tom Savini's biker gang. <laughs> yeah, Tom Savini and the biker boys. Yeah, <laughs> which is so it's so good because you get the scene where they're talking over like CB radio or something yeah. like that. This and, the, yeah. the biker gang part to me felt like such a. This makes it feel so like of its time though, like the whole oh, yeah. the whole seventies. Like this felt so like. Like some people would even say, like there is a little bit of the biker gang part that almost feels oddly like out of place in this kind of like, even like the rednecks from earlier like felt like they felt, but it being specifically like this like odd biker gang that's been on the road and they seem to be out there just to kind of hunt down and fucking like the they like the enjoyment of finding supplies, looting, but just looting and fucking killing zombies as they go. They seem to be loving, they're loving life. You know, it's you don't just literally expect. uh, Tom Savini's little uh, dick gun from uh, yeah. Still <laughs> Sex to pop up. Yeah, him just to start rubbing that dick gun. <laughs> yeah, um, he seems that excited about what's about to happen. But it, I, I kind of I love it that, that you know they're like how many of you are there, um, and then it's it's effectively like things were kind of okay until human greed rears its ugly head and we're just like yeah back off we're we're fucking it up. 
yeah. we're going in there we're taking they blast stuff. it they destroy the barriers they break yeah. you know they get all of the, the stuff there's lorries and stuff like blasted out of the way and shit like that it's like in the yeah. camp baby <laughs> and you you think would they have been able to kind of survive if they just let the bikers steal stuff and go yeah that's the impression and then Peter's like I'm not letting them you know mm. don't you know this is ours we're not letting them take it and then he shoots but, them which alerts them I think but no Stephen shoots Stephen that's it Steve, sorry yeah. I like, always confuse them this is part names. of the like this is part of the little bit of the um like with Stephen what I said earlier it was a bit like he was so like preoccupied obviously because Fran pregnant and so I think that's why he's so like a bit he's become so territorial of their yeah. space but also he's also just been taught how to shoot and things like that and he gets a little bit too suddenly like I can do this now and he thinks the best way to deal with this which Peter is like that's fucking stupid yeah. is basically he goes blasting yeah. <laughs> I get out my gun and I start blasting and because he starts blasting at the biker gang I think he even get, hits one of them doesn't he Yeah. He and, that's, and that's like right the fuck well, you, we know <laughs> yeah. you're here now it's a war like yeah. Peter I think was much more we need to take a like a, a hold back stance from this like they're yeah. here but we need to try and well we're hidden get, behind yeah. this wall thing we've and it's built. a big place we're like blocked away yeah. like they might come and they might go we can outlast but them, Steven's yeah. just too like gun ho straight away like and fucks it all up and then yeah. and then yeah and then it literally is a case of it's all over there and then but then they also start to realise not only are there tons of zombies outside that are now also getting in but there are already tons of zombies actually inside that have just been hanging around the bottom which the bikers don't quite realise yeah so some of the bikers get overwhelmed by some of that and it just starts to become a fucking hold for all of like they're shooting at them but they're also shooting at the zombies and we get a more war well we get we get real interesting scenes because we see uh we see the biker gang rampaging around they, they yeah, even yeah. like rob an old woman zombie of like all of her jewelry which i was creasing at. Yeah, yeah and we get them like cream pie <laughs> we get them <laughs> yeah we don't get them cream pieing zombies <laughs> there's a different context in uh 2023 than it does in 1978 we get them good old american cream pie frank reynolds style <laughs> we get them putting pies of cream in the uh zombies faces and spraying them with this like foam and stuff yeah, like yeah. that and i i it, proper, for, playing, with proper playing with them and for me it draws parallels to it's the exact opposite of how people were treating them at the start when they were like well there's respect there maybe these people will come around and yeah. now the bikers are like well we're just degrading these things that you can you, you, they mention about cannibalism abu hamza looking like mentions yeah, yeah. about cannibalism saying mm. it can't be cannibalism because that implies one species feeding on another species the same species yeah. however these things aren't human mm. so it can't be cannibalism they're not like us they need to be destroyed and it's an interesting juxtaposition between how these three people or how these three communities treat the undead because you're thinking these used to be human yeah and <laughs> Somebody like somebody else's like family member as a zombie, yeah, bash its fucking skull. In. But if it was like your family member, or if it was somebody you knew who was zombified, it would be quite tricky to not only like put them down, but if you saw somebody just like playing around with it, you'd be like, that was that was a human being who like had emotions and lived, you yeah, know. Yeah. And now you're like putting 
Fuck it. I'm just pies. Cre- yeah, I yeah. keep wanting to say cream pie. And I think okay, yeah. the reason. I think I think the reason, obviously, that it's like a biker gang or kind of a, a like a hippiest kind of gang, that kind of thing. Yeah, I think is very obviously timely of like the idea of like the sixties and seventies, like the rebellious kind yeah. of like. But also then painting the picture of it went from like rebellious in like a good like, def- like fight the fight for yeah. the right kind of way. And that did slightly get to the point where these kind of were also seen as like the low lifes of like society, where yeah. they, where they took it from rebel to looting and thievery, yeah. and and they were seen like biker gangs at that point were very much seen like your maybe like your gangsters or your like they were seen yeah. as that kind of bad. So that's why they're here because they're just like they're people that don't give a shit about what society says. That's yeah. the point of them. So that's why they're these guys just coming in and they're like going after nuns and zombies and stuff yeah. like that. You know, being like there's that one nun zombie in there, isn't there? That, yeah. Um, there's a... that Romero said he didn't want to die, he didn't want to die, so she just gets to wander out. Yeah. <laughs> she does literally just like go out and like she's a it was like apparently he, he felt it was wrong to like in the script it said to like basically like bash the skull yeah. in of like a nun zombie. But he was like ah. Can't we let just let the yeah let, let, it, go. let it let it just hobble yeah, out. Yeah, so they just kind of go past. <laughs> Try to think of the what if there any, there's any other kind of great moments in that because it it switches from it switches quite quickly from them having fun and messing around with these zombies to them then being brutalized. Like it almost seems as if like. Mm. They're taking their eye off the ball. They're having fun with them. Uh, Tom Savini, like, machetes yeah. one's head. And then um, we get, like, Tom Savini gets shot and obviously, like, jumps off the 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 first floor, which is awesome. Yeah. But then we get, like, Didn't somebody that, gets held down that, like, and ripped really apart. paralysed him. Didn't, yeah. Like, because he, he, they had up. boxes... Yeah, because they didn't have any budget, and they had was like no almost no help and safety or anything like yeah. that. Because there was no like they didn't really have to report to any like studio or anything like that. So there was no like like there wasn't even like you know like normally they'd have like things like dailies that they'd have to send across. Yeah, like to like shoot. They didn't have any of those. So Romero had no idea what this film looked like because yeah. he couldn't look back at the dailies. They were just sent straight over to like New York to be processed <laughs> or whatever, and like. Savini did that like jumping off scene and he was meant to land on the box and he landed on some but not all yeah. and had a proper like impact on the ground and like even his like part his partner who was the like his friend who was the other one who was doing a lot of the stunt stuff like he like mashed up his leg I think on one of the like yeah. escalator like um, going up or no sliding down the banister of one of the escalators and he Damn. fucked up his leg and like it was stuff like they were literally like I think I saw like in a documentary they said reflecting on it like we we probably could have died about yeah. that time of death <laughs> like we were just fucking throwing everything at the wall and hoping something would look fantastic like yeah. a, you know really like a lot to do like yeah. kind of thing um, but yeah it is is that mixture between I think when obviously Stephen and that try to kind of fight as they start to get closer and they sort of try to fight back and they get shot obviously yeah. Um, and then that's the when Savini's goes the rest of them take their eye off because they're like oh shit what 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 and then that's when the zombies are like oh, we're still here and Fuck there's you. so many isn't there <laughs> yeah yeah so you get like the one dude who literally gets like dragged to the ground and gets his guts pulled open which and, like, is awesome pulled, like his arms and legs are kind of being held down by the zombies as they like start to bite into them and is you know that's a classic like uh, like that has been like reused in so many horror it films. is like, so good but I think that's like the first main one of seeing that kind of proper like yeah. gut rip like in like they did in Shaun of the Dead or something yeah. like, you know what I mean like and that awesome my, my favourite is the guy who 
during all of this, stops to do his blood pressure. Oh, yeah, <laughs> he yeah, just yeah. does his blood pressure and then gets ganked. Yeah, and yeah. like his arm gets ripped off, and then he just gets like eaten. Yeah, and, like I think his other arm gets ripped off, but <laughs> it's just great. And there's a there's a classic scene where he's uh, where somebody's two of them are fleeing. And one's in like a motor, one's on a motorcycle, and one's in, like a side. Oh, in the side with, with yeah, Tommy yeah. gun, and he gets shot. He doesn't react to getting shot and falling out, and they're all behind him. And then they swarm him. <laughs> and it's so good. It's so cool. Like yeah, so that's when it all starts to kind of go to shit because obviously they've been starting to get attacked by them, and then Stephen Stephen in, in the elevator. He gets shot. Yeah, yeah, God. gets shot. It looks he... really painful as well. That one. Yeah, because he gets shot in the elevator. Then obviously the zombies. There are two of them in there with him, and he's trying to fight them off. And yeah, he fails. Well, he he uh, he gets shot, and then he climbs back down, doesn't he? Yeah. Um, I'm not, I'm not sure why he climbs back down. I can't remember. <laughs> but then as he tries to climb up, he gets they yeah. notice him. One bites his leg, and then he has a fight with yeah, them. Yeah, and he gets bit. He gets, I think he gets bit around the neck as well. Yeah, he gets brutalized, and then Ken Foray's having to. He's having like, to he's, to and he's it. in this moment of, do I go to help because he might still be okay, or do yeah. I go to get Fran? Like, should I just go? Yeah. Or do I go? And obviously, he goes to go back, and, and I think um, as soon as he hears the scream and the shot, he just he knows that it's too late. Yeah. You know, and it's kind of heartbreaking that. And they have to block stuff in, and it. then obviously you get him appear in the door. And he yeah. breaks through as if there's again, and it's another one of those signs of like the memory that well, the, Romero adds yeah. into it because he goes, he's walking along and then goes specifically to the door that was to there. Yeah, we get the great shot of the lift opening. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. and Peter, Peter you know, now out. zombified yeah. and then doing his cool funky zombie walk. And it's cool because the ones that get to do that, it's it's quite nice for like the actor that they get to do a range of different things within the film, and that's one of the like because he does that so convincingly going from you know, Stephen to zombie Stephen. Zombie Stephen, yeah. And he, he looks really effective and he, it works really well. His whole movement, his body's stiffened up, his his stance in that classic kind of zombie yeah. walk that we'd see. Um, but yeah, I really like the fact that he kind of returns to the room and it's, yeah. like, a, it's, like, a, it's like a memory. That's it's like instinct, there. you know? Like the And that's the first thing he does. The yeah. first thing he does is he gathers go the back, boys. But, it, but it, it's kind of, it's, it's in, but, but yeah, it's perspective in that. But then it's also, he was so protective of Fran that in my mind I kept thinking it's, he's returning because in his, somewhere in his instinct is to return to protect Fran. Maybe. So he returns at the door and then obviously Peter's like, well, <laughs> yeah he gathers the boys and he's like come on I know where they're at and then they have that weird like the, the sheet protector they, they, they've constructed to look like the wall which is quite clever Yeah, and it makes you think if they'd have just hid up there they the, the biker gang probably wouldn't have noticed and yeah. maybe would have moved on I was going to say they probably would have only looted the shops and stuff they yeah. probably wouldn't have gone much further than that they didn't look like they were planning to stay no so yeah it is one of those like if you just stayed back and I think that's part of why Stephen's the one to go because Stephen's the one that partially is the reason why it gets so bad with the biker um, and you can't kill Ken for it. No, you can't. Because <laughs> um, he, uh, he, he had to live on in order to become Keenan and Cow's dad. <laughs> <laughs> yes, he does. This is in all sense. This is the same universe. Pre- this is the prequel, yeah. One yes, did assume prequel. the zombies were <laughs> destroyed and taken um, in a big battle, yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, well, they never don't mention it, so it could be it could be set in like a Land of the Dead where they have the city where there are no zombies. You know, it could be saying that, and in the very last episode, you just see a zombie at the door, you know? I mean, but at the same time, in my head, nah, because you know what? Peter, uh, Peter definitely 
he, he raises that white baby of Stevens, but he also gives a good pipe into Fran. Oh, of course he does, man. He, he pipes. <laughs> Fran and Bert, they're just, that's what they do now. She just... <laughs> he does a consolation she pipe. She you know, like, Yeah, he's like, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, let's let's have a fun. Do you want a bit? You know, like, I'm sorry, Stephen was a good man. Let's have a bit. <laughs> you know, as soon as we touch ground. Um, well, then we get the ending, which is basically the zombies have found their way upstairs. They need to, they need to fucking get out of town. Um, and it's it's really interesting because um, uh, Fran goes up to start the helicopter. Yeah. And Peter wasn't isn't going to leave. Well, Peter's like, no, I need to stay here. And it's yeah. almost like Peter understands that the world is fucked. Yeah. He is a soldier, and his whole mission is fight. You know, so yeah, he decides I'm going to stay here, and then yeah, he just you think he's yeah. basically going to kill himself or yeah. something like that, which is. Again, it's oh, but it, it seems like he's contemplating like suicide or something. Well, we'll talk about that in yeah. a minute, because um, then he is like he has a change of heart. Yeah, and he's he, we get like a real like reminding me of something that you would hear in like a western when the good guy is winning because like yeah. the, the soundtrack is that's I don't think that's Goblin that's somebody else doing that yeah. I think adding in a kind of magnificent really, seven magnificent like, seven. Sacrifice myself. Yeah, uplifting. Yeah, I'm yeah. fighting back. He does seem like a character that they, I think that's the nice way they play it because he does seem like a character the whole film that you think he's going to be the one to sacrifice himself. Yeah, you know what I mean like he's not like because I I always felt like there was odd like the, like Romero was making some comparison with obviously of the original Night of the Living Dead yeah. which also has a black male protagonist. Now I'm not I can't remember his name. Of the of my head. Um, I know that the actor's name was Dwayne uh, Dwayne Jones or something like that but yeah. I can't remember actually what the character is called no, Ben right. yeah Ben Ben it's Ben yeah. uh, Ben in the original I feel like there's an odd like to be honest there's even a bit of a like look that like says as if he wanted someone to have that kind of like resemblance between them but it's interesting the way that in the original obviously they're both the kind of the guard the protector they're both in many ways that take on that kind of role yeah. of being like that and you think about even in the original Ben's the one that would kind of looks like he's He's thrown into it, but by the end, he's pretty much there to try his hardest to keep everyone alive, and it doesn't completely work. Yeah. So, I guess it's the flip of the original, where sadly Ben dies not by his own choice, yeah, but still by trying to protect and survive. So you think that Peter's going to go the same way? Yeah. Obviously, it it doesn't. It defies the expectation of where you think it's going. Yeah, because then he battles his way up. Yeah, he gets in the helicopter because um, the zombies also f- go up the ladder, which is interesting. Yeah, so they open doors and go in ladders. So yeah, maybe they. So start... it does so like some of them develop, and, and it is it is hard to keep. That's what we said it like obviously earlier. It's hard to keep track of whether some of these were continuity or they were just kind of like basically like actors were doing things in like yeah okay we'll just go. Yeah, with you it. could this do is, that. This is part of the law now of uh, zombies. Like yeah, they can climb up ladders. Yeah, they can open yeah. that hatch. Or they could push their way through that door. Yeah, or, they can do it. Yeah, yeah they can do it. Yeah. Um, and then obviously when they're in the in the helicopter, we get it's it's a great last two lines, um, and um, uh, Peter asks, "How much fuel do we have?" Yeah. And Fran just replies, "Not much." Yeah. And then they fly off, and it's so bleak. Leaves a bleak ending. I and mean, that's we, to be expected yeah. for these films. Night of the Living Dead has a bleak-ass ending. Yeah. You know what I mean? Just a total, like, oh, yeah, they've made it through, Ben's made it through the night. Oh, yeah. he hasn't. <laughs> no, he's fucked. <laughs> um, I remember Day of the Dead having 
a relatively bleak ending as well. I can't remember off the top of my head. I might watch it in the next. I think couple all of them. I think all of them have a bleak. Yeah, I will. Do. I do. I am gonna. I, my plan was now to watch Day of the, finally watch Day of the Dead, so I can say I probably I'll probably go through the rest of them. I can't say I'm excited to watch Diary of the Dead, but I remember I remember thinking Diary of the Dead was okay, um, not great, but it was passable. And then Survival of the Dead was really bad survival of the dead oh, was, i haven't seen that yeah i, I watched it well i fucking love these films so i watched it and <laughs> i, I was forgot like there was even another one i thought diary was the last one he no did. survival of the dead is basically like set on a small island where you have two farms and they don't get on and somebody gets bitten and comes to the island and zombies break out but it's it's very bad and it's very low quality that you kind of watch it and you're like is this is this Romero did he yeah. like use his lunch money to like make it he must have been so very cheap. old by that point I think he was old and I don't know why he particularly made it because it's it, it it has that like made for TV quality to it which is is quite sad to watch to be honest when you compare it to the rest of the films so even the, Land of the like Dead. the end kind it's of the thing, end yeah. of it you know um I do think it is sad that he continued to go that way and I don't know, maybe that's yeah. the only options he had as a director, but maybe. Know, even for me, part of me thinks that, you know, I feel like Day of the Dead, like from the sound of what I've heard of how how good, like how like well it's received kind of thing, it should have been the last. Yeah, probably should have, man. You know, should have end, he should have ended on a trilogy instead yeah. of trying to keep pushing with it for films that just... I, I just know that for Land and Diary and well, I guess Survival as well, but all of the like people were just like the, the 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 cutting social commentary the the perspective on the world like there's a certain point i think maybe when any anyone who uses it and any director doesn't have that keen eye anymore because they're not as on the pulse with that part of this, yeah you know that that part of society that generation things like that, and they're just not there anymore they're not the ones to take that stance yeah um and i think that yeah part of that is definitely uh where maybe he kind of was out of his generational like perspective anymore yeah, potentially you know and that's why people say that those ones just don't have the same commentary that kind of hits or doesn't hit in the right way or it starts to feel a bit more like a a zombie film that sadly is now outdated and it's been reinvented in a more interesting way like he reinvented them but now someone else is yeah. taken and know, he's trying to play and, you know, catch up he really was like he'd got to that point and yeah he'd made day and then there was obviously a big gap between him making any another one from yeah. day to you know to land yeah and uh you know in that time you know i'd say it i'd say anything the main culprit probably 28 days later 28 days later he just reinvented yeah. zombies in a way that just made it different so then when he tried to come along with land following even dawn of the dead remake, yeah. it just started to seem a bit and then diary just seemed like it was ad- going with a fad yeah fad it pretty footage. much was, you know and that's the problem it always it suddenly felt like the person who'd led the way was now trailing behind and trying to do yeah. something to catch up and it, that's it's a sad it's a sad commentary on where these things go but and it's not just him. It's happened with several directors where they've gone from these, you know, these influential, like everyone looks up to this director to then sadly they're now trailing behind because they're just not quite on the, you know, peak with it. Yeah. Um, you have to put him on silent, man. He's so popular that everybody's messaging you. <laughs> um, but going to the film, uh, then after they fly away, we get the credits and we get like the gonk song as we see the zombies just fill the mall. Love it. It gets stuck in your head so much. Try not have that get stuck in I know, it's so in my head as well. Yeah, just get stuck. Now, the reason I mention about Peter 
going to commit suicide yeah is because the original screenplay ended with uh peter committing suicide okay. in that room yeah and then uh fran uh stepping out and putting her head in the helicopter blades oh, killing herself. i have heard this before yeah and, yeah and then the credits would have been uh just the a look at the helicopter and then the blades running out implying that they wouldn't have gotten far had they gotten there anyway because of because they would have just had no fuel super and crashed. Bleak it's super bleak and so they ended up rewriting it and that's why a lot of the the ending shots it's hard to still say. had that it is it's hard to say because there is it is a bleak ending but i will say there's definitely one thing that i, I do feel that for me night of the living dead is is one of the most impactful endings yeah i just think it hits so hard it's such a it's one i think it's one of the best endings of all time and yeah like not just horror, just generally. It's one of the it's best incredible. film ending uh, ever made. So there is a little bit with De- Dawn of the Dead where it's just like, it feels like that little bit. But then that sounds like it maybe would have been too much. Like it's trying too hard to have that same effect of like everything's bleak, we kill ourselves. But then I guess the ending we got is maybe just a little bit away from feeling that like slight bleakness. I do like the idea that like we're going to run yeah. out. It, it's, it leaves it on that question. So it does it in the right way because you can't, you can't recreate like the ending that came with the original night was just it just it worked but you can't keep redoing it no you can't, you can't. make it again and again you can't have them get to the roof and then they get like something happens or they die or you know i mean you can't and it doesn't hit in the same way because the original had more of the um the racist kind of uh undertone yeah you know it had more of that kind of the time of the 60s and the that kind of part played into it, which was a, now we're into a slightly different era. Not that that wasn't still there, but yeah, you know, it was, a, it, they were looking at different areas of society and things like that and how it affects humans in that kind of way. So the suicide part would have been interesting, especially as you've got Fran as a pregnant woman. Yeah. You know, that's a interesting with the blades. And I have, I have, I, I have heard that version before. Um, I don't know whether I'd prefer it or not prefer it. To yeah. I, I, it's a certain way. I kind of want to know what it would look like. Yeah. Um, but yeah, you wonder how much Fran would have gone, how much they would have actually gone for it, Fran. Like, would, would you have seen something or well, would have just been like, yeah. you just see a step up and then like a body drop or something like that? Well, apparently, the, um, the zombie that gets its head blown up by the really racist uh, police officer, soldier, whatever, that yeah. was supposed to be it. That her head was supposed to pop like that. Oh, so um, however, they reused it. In a different they reused way. it. They remodeled it, and then put yeah. that shot in there. Um, <laughs> just, I guess you've got the prop. You might as well use it. So it would have been very full on, and yeah. seeing it would have been a bit like oh, fucking hell. But I kind of I like the idea that like you know that they're safe for now. Yeah, and it's very much like. But yeah, the we, days are we don't know basically. how far they're they're gonna get. Yeah. Yeah. I was going to say, yeah, take it to the next level, they just fly off and it's crashed. Yeah, yeah, they just... <laughs> and drops back down and yeah. just bang! Just, just yeah. pop, yeah. <laughs> um, well, what, I'm going to take it over to the social media lounge because we got a couple of uh, a couple of things. Got to be some loving for Dawn of the Dead. Yeah, so um, obviously we put up the film that we're talking about um, over on our Twitter and Instagram at CMTH Podcast. Um, so today uh, we got Stu World Order who said um, absolute great movie that is entertaining and has a really strong thematic message. Um, I also live minutes from the mall it was filmed in and until COVID started used to get lunch there every day. 
which is badass. Yeah, <laughs> which is pretty interesting. Um, going there, and then uh, Scatterbrain Podcast uh, said this is one of my favorite movies. It's the movie that kicked off my love of the zombie genre. Some read into the social commentary, but as a kid, this was just fun with cool music. And then they also said congratulations on reaching this milestone. Takes a lot of time and effort to get there, and yes, it does. So thank you. Um, so we got a couple. For it. Yeah. So we got a couple. Um, yeah, no, that's um, it is such, and, and I like the comment about the uh, the fact that it is fa- we we are reading into it is in a kind of social flip because that kind of plays into how we can like look yeah. into it a little bit deeper and things like that. And the thing is, it's nice that that's there, but yes. This film could absolutely be taken as just the level of like this is just a fun zombie. Just a fun Some people film. end up at a mall and they go, you know, they they have to just survive and then they get attacked and 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 that it all goes to shit and it absolutely is just a fun, uh, fun enjoyable like zombie ride. I I think like a lot of Romero stuff can be just taken on that level. You don't need to like. Yes, I said like some of them drop in the social commentary and don't seem quite as keen or cutting yeah. edge or anything like that. Doesn't mean that they can't still be fun, and they're still they are still at the end of the day a zombie horror film. Yeah, those kind of always feel like they should be fun. If you get too far into the other way with it, you get too f- obsessed with the the dark and the depression, the the pressing part of it. You know, some of that's what all another way zombie films can sometimes become a bit like. Oh, well, this is just you think you're being more interesting than you are really yeah. are. You know. Um, I think you mentioned one of like on one of our controversial ones where you you um, it lives at night or something. Yeah, it comes at it night. comes at night. That one was that was within the genre, but it was taking it in a more of a you know thinking yeah. it was more interesting than it was about yeah, its perspective on it. But that's the thing. These Romero films, Night of the Living Dead, is you know it's a suspenseful, quite slow. But I can watch that film again and again because yeah. I just find it so entertaining and it's so easy to watch. So it doesn't bog you down it. That doesn't mean that it's not extremely clever with the social commentary and political context and things like that it puts in it. Yeah. Like that adds an extra layer, which means that but that is also what makes it both something that's accessible by mainstream, but also it means that you know, you picky ass critics out there can, yeah. <laughs> can like pick it apart and be like, ah, oh, this is I, I accept this is a good film because it's it's talked about something you know in ah oh, it talks about racism or it talks about yeah. you know it talks about humanity or things like ah that's okay then it wasn't just a fun entertaining film you know like films are designed to be yeah <laughs> and that's it like down to its core even if you you know you're not particularly one to read into films or analyze them it is fun and I always forget how, just how fun it is like it does have a fun soundtrack and I know Goblin did it and which is why i was surprised that that music was kept in yeah although if argento was editing it that kind of makes perfect sense Just, yeah. you know i could imagine well, it being uh, like well, argento did the european cut of it didn't yeah do the main cut but even, the, even goblins, the main cut goblins like in this but it, it, there is another soundtrack this yeah it, isn't there? there's a score that goes there's a score but there's there are like you know there's definitely one goblin soundtrack Oh yes, there's, there's, there's definitely there's definitely the the when we listen to the goblin parts that you were playing before, there's, they're they're scattered in there throughout. Yeah. I think they're played in. There are lots of little parts of them in scenes. Um, I think just the whole of the music gets fully more fully played in Argento's cut, whereas in this version they've they've done more of a score mixed in with then goblins bit, which is why some people say that the soundtrack is a bit odd. And a bit erratic at times. Which I get, which I get. Uh, but I mean, I really like it. I like. Yeah, both I, sides I fucking of it. love it. Like, 
it's a it's a it's a great soundtrack. It works really nicely. It adds some good like suspense at times, but it also adds some odd fun at times. Yeah, and uh, you know the gong songs are amazing. The gong songs were here. Uh, Day of the Dead has a fucking banging soundtrack. It's <laughs> done by John Harrison. I think two of the uh, two of the songs are quite frequently in my on repeat because the they're, they're so good. It kind of moves away from like the band elements that are in this and goes a lot more to like electronic and synthy. Yeah. But like the 80s soundtrack eighties baby. babies. <laughs> but it's 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 a banging soundtrack and I I prefer it to the to the soundtrack in this one. Um do you have have anything else to, to add? Uh, we've no, talked quite a bit about I mean, <laughs> not really. It's, you know, we, we've said how much we enjoy it, how much we love this film. Um, you know, one thing I like is this is a, a late 70s film that doesn't end in just uh, freeze frame. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> you know, half, I was half expecting them to, uh, you know, just get to the helicopter and it's freeze. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the yeah. end, you know, let's like cop procedure because that's what we keep finding. And uh, even one of our, uh, even our next episode, which is... Cujo. Which is Cujo, yeah. And that has a freeze frame. It? it does. <laughs> so, uh, you know, I, I'm quite happy to see these kind of... I, it's it's, uh, it's nice to see that come about. But in terms of the film, it, it's, it's a fantastic film. I think it's, you know, um, it's something I knew that we were both going to love. Um, yeah. It's something we'd rate highly and, you know, that's why we chose it for our 100th episode. Yeah. That's why we decided to go big with this bad boy and think uh, about a film that we both knew we were going to really enjoy and love. And it's got a little deeper and a film that we can just talk and talk about. And there's, I'm sure there's much more we could talk about. It's the same reason we've talked about the fact that we're considering basically talking about different cuts of the film. Yeah. Even though you'd be talking about <laughs> basically the same film. But yeah, if we don't talk about it in a full episode, we'll definitely come back around and say like things we know about Argento and uh, even the director's cut. Yeah. Slowly, I don't know if I have seen all three cuts, but I want to. I want to watch yeah. all just to see what is the differences between them. I haven't seen the Argento cut, but I'm definitely I'm going to find it now. Yeah, um, and I think what I might do is I think I might watch uh, Day of the Dead and then the uh, Tom Savini remake of Night of the Living Dead. Yeah, see, a, I've, I've, well. I've watched that. I didn't really like that. Really? One. No, I found I found it oddly off. I found the structure a bit off. I found. He tried to add humour. Maybe it's just because I like Night of the Living Dead so much. I felt Maybe. Like, I felt like it was just something that couldn't be... I've never, I don't think I've seen any Night of the Living Dead that's been done well that catches like the original. I think probably... like I do love Dawn of the Dead, but I actually still think Night of the Living Dead is my favourite by far. I just love the... I like. I quite like the bleak tone of it, to be honest. Okay. I just find it just... It's just structured. I think it's just a, like almost perfect film. No. <laughs> it's like a perfect horror film. Yeah. Like, whereas... This one I love, but there are there are still a few structural things that are like, yeah, they're, they're, they're great, but they just don't hit as hard for me as Night of the Living Dead. Night of the Living Dead made me really love horror, like horror and zombie films. Yeah, It's one of my like first ones where I watched it and I was just like hooked watching it on TV. So yeah, I think for me, I think you mentioned about maybe Day is maybe yeah. your top, but for me, I think the first, his original Night of the Living Dead. I know there's some hokey bits and some like bits that you're like, Barbara, Barbara. Yeah. But I don't know. Once it fully gets into it and once you really get the protagonist, Ben, and things like that, and that ending is just like, ah, it's amazing. Well, I think you're going to have to watch Day and let me know. Yeah, I will watch watch Day and I will see. 
um, yeah, I, I'm sure I will enjoy day, and I will get back to you and all of you. <laughs> yeah, well, I think that is uh, that's a good way to wrap up our 100th episode. Um, yeah, again, we want to thank everybody for sticking with us as we've rambled and ranted and gone on mad tangents through 100 episodes. We really do appreciate everybody liking, subscribing, and giving all the good feedback. Um, come and let us know your thoughts on Dawn of the Dead. Um, and on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok at CMTH Podcast. Please remember to uh, hit that subscribe button and please leave us a lovely review. And we will see you next week as we crack into our first episode, working towards our 200th episode. So uh, take care. Bye bye. <laughs>